Don't mind me. I won't. Just eating small children. Mm-hmm. What a strange thing to encourage. Hey, Fred, have you heard about these Cabbage Patch Kids? People are going crazy for them. What if, hear me out, what if we make some candies in the shape of children, call them Sour Patch Kids? So they're like sour cabbage? Well, they won't taste like sour cabbage, but they're like, we're cashing in. You lost me. Welcome to Seeky Dragon. It's episode 532. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Edrick. And this is how we do it. <laughs> What's that? Making podcast. Here's how we go. Oh, okay. We're starting. Start. We started. So we just, just step one. Build momentum. Step one. Yeah. Jump off the cliff and build that plane <laughs> on the way down. Hit the 20 minute mark and go, oh my God, we've got nothing. The show is going to stop in about 10 minutes. I was watching two hours a, later. I was watching a modern um, Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner cartoon. Uh, a modern one, okay, good. I think it was for HBO. I think they. Made yeah, them. yeah. I think yeah. I've seen one of them. Yeah, there was. It was okay. I mean, there's a step up on the Frizz Freeling. Yeah, uh, but like uh, there was one where uh, he falls off the cliff and uh, luckily gets to stops himself from like hitting the ground, like because he's got a weather machine, so he can control <laughs> some breeze okay. and it lifts him up. But the rocks underneath were uh, jagged. Okay. And I was like, oh boy. That's, t- well, that's rough. Like, you didn't realize that he was falling into a... It's good that they showed us what he was falling into every time that you just saw like a puff of smoke from a distance. Yeah, it's just like, oh, are there jagged rocks down there? <laughs> that's terrible. He's got to deal with all that nonsense. Yeah, there was this uh, Looney Tunes kind of, I think, resurgence that... Well, there was two. There was, well, there was a lot more than two. Um, if we're counting Space Jam too, which we're not, um, but that's, we've talked that's about not that That's not a resurgence. Enough. Uh, but they had one that was basically like a sitcom, and then they had one that they just went for it. And the one they went for it, so far, so good. Good job uh, on that. Well done, you. Well done, everyone involved in the, in that animation uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Roadrunner's hard. Do you think that? Do you think that our sense of humor it has evolved, not necessarily to the best or better, but I just mean has changed that it's hard for us to, even though we love those cartoons. We love Looney Tunes. It'd be hard for our modern sensibility to recreate those in a way that's pleasing to to our memory of them. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you're remembering uh, probably, I don't know if you remember, I mean, I'm projecting. I'll just talk for myself. <laughs> Some of my favorite Bugs Bunny cartoons are the like uh, Duck, Rabbit, Duck uh, ones. Mm-hmm. The, uh, there was like, I think, a trilogy of those. Sure. It was like Duck Season or yeah. so, so and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even at that point, the cartoons were becoming self-aware. Like Daffy Duck had clearly watched other Looney Tunes cartoons. And so when yeah. Bugs Bunny came out dressed as a lady and was seducing Elmer Fudd, he just pulled the wig off him and went, it's not a gal. Yeah. You know, so I think to do it now, you would also have to have them be aware of the cartoons that have come before because that's part of the nature of the beast is yeah. they were always as hip as the audience. They knew <laughs> what was going down. Sure. But it's tough because... So much of humor now is that self-awareness, that meta thing, <laughs> yeah. that it almost feels hack. Yeah, yeah. So how do you do both at the same time? That's the trick. Mm-hmm. Does Bugs Bunny knows he's in a cartoon, but he also has to have stakes. Sure. How do you do it? Yeah, yeah. But I think that's pretty early on. There's some cartoons where, I mean, there, I remember a black and white one with Porky Pig as its as its star. That's basically a visit to the Warner Brothers studios, and you there's live action elements. 
that they animate Porky Pig into that features cartoonists and people, mm-hmm. including the Leon Schlesinger. I think he gets the biggest role because he's right. he probably had the biggest biggest ego. He was the one that sounded like Daffy Duck, right? <laughs> did he? I don't know if that's. I think he did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I mean, everyone sounds like. Yeah, she. Well, welcome to our. <laughs> like, what happened to that accent? Well, it's the, famous, that the famous story was when they came up with <laughs> the voice for Daffy Duck. It was an impression of uh, Leon Schleisinger, and uh, and then Leon Schleisinger watched the cartoon. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh boy, here it comes!" <laughs> and then he went, "Where'd you come up with that crazy voice?" Oh, they're amazing voices. They're yeah. We Woo! don't we don't see ourselves. People don't yeah. know. Woo! <laughs> It's like Lauren Michaels. It took him a long time to realize he was Dr. Evil. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. And then enough people told him, yeah, it's you. It's you. I was like, oh, okay. Is, it's him, but we were talking about him a little while ago, that someone who seems to have come through unscathed in terms of Me Too and mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. And that's the most evil. I mean, that's a joke that he's not. he's the most bland, banal person that... He's the least evil. That makes yeah. that means Doctor Evil more funny. Is that he's this very well? He was one carefully of those spoken apparently impressions everyone had in their pocket. Mm-hmm. But and and they and Michael Myers didn't get to him first. It's it's interesting because he's impersonated best, I think, by Canadians. So <laughs> okay. uh, what movie uh, was uh, was Lorne Michaels basically the villain in, as portrayed by a Canadian? Oh man! It was someone who was on briefly on Saturday Night Live, but was more famous for being in another group. Okay, so I'm thinking SCTV. Nope. No, not nope. oh, Kids in the Hall. So yeah. it would be uh, Brain Candy, I suppose. That's right. Yeah. Okay. The villain in there was uh, it was uh, Mark McKinney doing an impression of uh, okay. Michaels well, he went as through the it. head of the as the head of the corporation. Yeah, the yeah, thing. yeah. And when you see TV Funhouse, um, the the cartoons they have on Saturday Night Live. Uh, it's Mark McKinney doing the get back here with my show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was the guy who would do a Lorne Michaels impression <laughs> until, you know, Mike Myers then became more <laughs> famous for doing him as Dr. Evil. Yeah, yeah. But then everyone did him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, I'm sorry I was late today. Oh, yeah. So how are little, you doing? What's going on? I was fine. I just decided I was driving along. And then I remembered. I said, I know I said I would be there for, by around 4.30, but then I was driving and I remembered I wanted to go to Kohl's at Lougheed Mall. To get a book. Okay. So I veered off the freeway wildly, and then I went I went over to... My Coles still exists? Yes. They're part, of, uh, they're part of chapters. Okay. They're kind of the mall outlet for chapters. Or okay. Indigo Books now, I guess it would be. It keeps getting bought by other people. Mm-hmm. Because chapters was started by, by Coles, by Jack Cole. Oh, okay. The guy who originated Coles bookstores. Who's the guy that invented Plastic Man? Jack Cole. But different Jack Cole, I think. Very good. Okay, I might thank be you. I may be confusing the first name with the with the Jack Cole, but I'm not. I feel like I'm not, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not certain. But anyway, okay. anyway, a guy named Cole was the originator of Cole's books in Canada, and then he started chapters as this idea of. So I guess sort of a competition. I guess sort of Borders books, Barnes and Nobles concept. Sure. You remember when it first started, and this whole idea that there's going to be armchairs and yeah, things to sit around read in. if you want. And then you're just like, oh, this is amazing. And then all that stuff just kind of slowly disappeared. Yeah, because the books are gross, I think, as well. Books. Like, people would just like read the books and just like bash them around. Yeah, it's just, true. Yeah. We're, we're jerks. Yeah. It? <laughs> it turns out, turns out you can't do anything. You can't have anything nice. And uh, so, yeah, that kind of went out the, went out the window. And then the... The chain hit some sort of a snag, and then it got b- bought out by some an industrialist. 
industrialist wife, Heather Reisman, Reisman? Okay. Name like that, who seems to be much more interested in comforters and scented candles than in books, because that's really sort of crept into your footprint of your bookstore, sure, yeah. all that stuff. It, but uh, the Coles are still bookstores, solely bookstores. There's very little in the way of blankets and cookie mix and cookie mix and things like that. And so um, Mary at Christmas time gave me uh, one of the Witcher books, but she okay. gave me she gave me the third one, and I don't know why she gave me one from the middle of the series because she knows I have OCD out to some degree. I okay, have, can the Witcher cure that? Can the Witcher cure that? It is a monster that should be now, defeated. Is he? Is he- is he a witch? Or no. Or is he just kind of witchier than most people? But he he's is. not witchier. He's a witcher. Yeah. Does he witch? How is I think he can do some spells. Okay. Because he can do like defensive spells against um, whatever okay. monsters. Does he fight witches? He doesn't fight witches. I mean, I guess he... No. Because witches are part of the world. And there's good and bad witches. But I don't... He's he He's paid to kill monsters, basically. So in this world, in this imaginary world that doesn't exist, um, there's some sort of reason, and I think I kind of know why from watching the TV show. It's not got, been gone into in the books that I've read, but there is some sort of like increase in the amount of monsters that, that have. Okay. And but it feels like now they're sort of someone to, working in the lab late one night. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they keep releasing them. You know, they're like they keep go run free, Manticore. So yeah, um, but a witcher is like they're they are genetic. I don't know if they're genetically changed, but they're somehow they're not like a human. They they they're they are are um, initiated as children are like tortured through like genetic engineering and stuff like that. Oh. That, that most don't survive, ah. and those that do are like sort of enhanced warriors who can defeat monsters. Oh, gross! Yeah, mean. Oh. Yeah, mm. and I think he went through like some extra special thing that made his hair turn white as okay. i remember it so he's a white witcher he's he's a white white witch yeah um the sh- the tv show is quite accurate it seems like, so mary gave me this third book and i read part of it i think it's called like a time of contempt or some kind of weird title like that okay and i read about two-thirds of it but i was like man i'm quite enjoying this but i would really like to go back and like start at the beginning and go mm. forward from there it's weird to start in the middle of a story Although I kind of already know parts of it from the TV show. Because the TV show on Netflix is sort of aggregated parts of the books and kind of made three books into one show or okay. maybe or two books into one series. And then they've sort of combining. I, I'm not sure because I have not read the second one. I read the first one, which was quite good. And I can see why it was good for television because it's basically a, a series of short stories that were linked by a linking narrative um, it, it, you know, after, as an afterthought. Originally, they were just published in a magazine as, as short stories. And then it was decided that they should be collected. And then I guess it was decided. Oh, it was, it was magazines? Mm-hmm. What, yeah. what magazine was it? I'm not too sure. I'm not oh. too sure. Because it's a Polish author. Oh. So they're translated from from Polish. I believe I believe he's Polish. I might be wrong. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. He's Eastern European anyway, judging by his name. Okay. Which is, you know. Mark uh, Pullman. What's that? Mark Pullman. Mark Pullman. That's right. He's, he's Mennonite. <laughs> Mennonite fantasy author. That rare thing. And he, uh, yeah, so I guess he just started writing them as novels or whatever. But they're fine. They're fine. You know. I've uh, played, uh, I've started playing the third video game and I haven't, I haven't finished it and I feel guilty about it. I've gotten him into a bad sort, a uh, bad, a bad <laughs> place. And I'm like, well, I really should get back to the Witcher. And I only played like the third one. 
like the uh, I heard it was good and uh, yeah. started playing it and it was it was good but boy howdy complicated like so <laughs> he's got so many things he can do mm. that it's just like I don't know so every time I go back it's just like uh it's too many things I like you know what's Mario do he jumps sometimes he has a hammer but I mean like that maybe if once you started, in a while they'll have a hat but if you throw. just like turn on Mario the way that I do it feels complicated yeah. because I haven't gone through all the iterations of Mario to to come to that point the same way that you missed the first two Witcher games. Yeah. So you're at the third one and you're going like, man, this Red Dead Revolver is really confusing. But if you played the original one... I wonder if that helps, yeah. Let's get on a horse and shoot things. I mean, <laughs> Mario is walk to the right. Yeah. <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. yeah. And you can just jump. Yeah. And you're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I'm, I'm saying this hammer thing. But, uh, you know, you could just jump. You just said the greatest lyrics for a song ever. What's that? It's just walk to the right. Jump, and then I can't remember what you said after that, but it was just fantastic. It would have been a great song. Oh, okay. Someone, someone make that into a song. Chris Roberts or Sarah Walsh. Yeah, they're great. Another or anyone else who's out there. Speaking of people that are out there, uh, you sent me some news about uh, our listenership. That was neat. Oh, our listenership is in we we the ship of listeners. We hit. We, uh, yeah, we but we 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 rented a cruise ship. <laughs> we invited some listeners. Sorry if you didn't get invited. Yeah, it was very select. Uh, but uh, everyone ended up with Nora Walk, and then the ship sank. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna have to ask everyone to listen to this show twice. Yeah, just to keep our uh, you know numbers up. So, uh, but uh, so sorry you didn't get invited, but it really was a good thing you didn't. But anyway, <laughs> uh, t- what you what you send me? Uh, well, I just sent you a, uh, some stats from our website, right. some backdoor stats. Apparently, we have the best-looking audience of any podcast. Yeah, that's the stat. Yeah. That's the skinny. Uh, no, it was just, we've had a... Ugliest? We've, the Sporkful. That was weird. The, I don't know why. The Sporkful? Yeah, it's a nice uh, uh, cooking podcast. It's interesting. I like it. But apparently, <laughs> uh, ugliest uh, of all... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what brought on this mean burn on uh, it was weird yeah Yeah. i don't know why they yeah they don't burn things there they're very good cooking. (laughs) but apparently our audience is the is the best looking yes that is true the comeliest audience that's a little personal (laughs) so um yeah we 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 we, we've hit over a million listens which is i you know it's not it's nothing in like you know like celebrity podcasts and stuff like that those people just you know they have a million listeners because they're... But we did it without the transphobia. We did it without... <laughs> right? Yeah, we did I mean, you can do it the easy way. You can do the easy way and be anti-vax. Yeah, anti-vax and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, say some things bring about on, people. Yeah, bring on Alex Jones. But just to... You're not promoting what he's saying. You just want to hear his I'm side of listening. things. Yeah, I'm, I'm answering just here, questions. I'm just here just to, you know, I'm going to ask him some... I'm answering t- questions? I'm gonna... listening to questions. I'm asking questions? <laughs> I think you should be asking I'm questions. I'm questioning myself. You're asking questions to yourself. I know. I like the Joe Rogan thing, by the way, that where he's like, uh, I don't prepare for the show. And like, that's a brag. It's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's pretty, it's an embarrassing statement on our part, to be honest. Um, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, how can you I have... Know, it's weird that I'm throwing stones at that, but we are... <laughs> But that's different. I think it's very clear. We're not having Alex Jones in the show yeah. and saying we're going to challenge him and then not prepare for him. You know, so you're going to have this big blowhard on your show who's going to just like vomit a continual torrent of lies and you ha- are totally unprepared to, you know, counter any of them. Like, yeah, well, you're just listening. I'm just, just, here, a conversation. just here to listen. I, I feel it reminds me of like when I'm on the bus. And someone will start talking about how this is all just a pandemic or what have you. <laughs> and, 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 you know, yeah. you could, you could say stuff, 
But they've got a speech prepared, and they got a second speech prepared, and they got a third speech mm-hmm. prepared, mm-hmm. and they know what people are gonna say back to them because people are gonna say this thing that makes sense yeah. back to them. You know, it's like you know, you always bring up about the uh, flat earthers. You know, they got an argument, and they know what you're gonna say, and yeah. they've got a counter to that, and you don't have the counter to that because their counter is weird. <laughs> well, that's and the thing, like, and you didn't consider yeah. this nonsense, and you don't have an answer for why, you know. Yeah. What this about, is now a particle. Why yeah. this is both a wave and, uh, and and something else at the same time. It's like, oh, how can it changes when observed? Yeah. yeah, it does. We'll explain that if the Earth's not. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's it exactly. Like if they said to you, well, how come you know no flights cross over this part of the world? You know, there's no aircraft travel over this part of the world. If you know, if the world was round, they could travel that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they could just say that to you. You don't know. Yeah. I don't know how air traffic works. So you're just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. So you feel, so you can't, you can't counter that. So yeah. then you're just like, uh, okay. Um. Well, so how many airplanes are in the air at one time? <laughs> just tell me that. Tell me that. Answer that simple question. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I do. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's the wrong amount for being able to be there. They'd be crashing into each other mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Always. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know. What? I could look this up maybe if you give me a moment. But, <laughs> exactly. But by the time I do that, you've yeah. got your second uh, bananas thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's hard to argue against nonsense. That's the part of it, And then, of, it, of course, you will bring up your thing and you'll go like, see, uh, th- there's this thing. Oh, where'd you get that from? John Hopkins? John Hopkins. Well, that's funded by the blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay, well, fine. Then there's nowhere you can go. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just can't. You can't. Uh, you can't argue with something that's that's unprovable or not or not. What's the word? You can't argue with something that's can't argue a negative. You can't argue a negative. I guess yeah. You just can't argue with something that is just made up and they can just keep making up stuff yeah. and then you didn't pile on more, ma- <laughs> more more stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. I was yeah, I was I was going through a little bit of that uh, the other day with uh, some uh, you know I want to say hippies, but that I don't know if that's fair to hippies. <laughs> um, no, it's fair. But yeah, then and then of course, yeah. Once facts get brought into it, you know, and uh, news news reports, they uh, bring up, you know, oh yeah, but that's the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I have briefly worked with the mainstream media, yeah. briefly, yeah. You know, with various shows I've worked on, so I've I've like known people who are in the news, worked on the news. And uh, what do you think they're doing? Like, where do you think they're getting their orders from? Like, I know the people that were running the CBC. Yeah. They're like, it's not a conspiracy. You're really over. Uh, you're giving them too much credit. Way too much credit. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Jack. Yeah, like, yeah. you know why they're there? Because mm-hmm. no one else wanted that crap job that led to this, led to this, led to this. <laughs> And yeah. then they didn't have the wherewithal to go, I'm not qualified. And they thought they were. And now they're there. And now they're, mm, And how do you like things being run? Are they run well? No. But you think yeah. that they're, you know, running this secret agenda thing. And it's like, and, to, and you know, even the people that do have an agenda, like a Rupert Murdoch, they're open about it. Mm-hmm. Blatantly open about it. They yeah. don't need to be secret. What the fuck are you talking about? There's no need. Yeah. Yeah. Like all those people, all the, the Koch brothers and all those people. Yeah. They're yeah. all, they're all obvious. They, they fund, they openly fund. Openly. Openly fund. Why have a conspiracy when you can openly? Why, why be a cat burglar when you could just walk into a house and go, I'm taking your jewels? And they're like, all right, nothing I can do about it. And then leave. And yeah. then meanwhile, the pink panther's sneaking around. It's like, well, too late. 
No point. <laughs> yep. Get out of here, David Niven. Yeah, I wonder what. I wonder if that's kind of like a a, na- a naivety of not, not having worked for like a large company or ever had been like had any kind of contact with large organizations, and that could be hippies, you know, because people like that. You know, they're suspicious of that sort of stuff already. Anyway, if we're talking about hippies and you're thinking that's not like me and I'm a hippie, we're we're not talking about you. Yeah. You know you know exactly who we're talking about, right? You know. Okay, very good. Now back to Are there still hippies? Anyway. Um yeah. Yeah, there are. Do you want to go to commercial drive? Right now? I'll show you some. <laughs> right now. Let's go. Like you mean old hippies? No. No, actually oh. both. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> both and more. Of of all ages. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just, I just don't think they have a clue, like, how large groups operate. Like, they think that they can be secretive, you know, that they can go sneak around and be furtive and, and keep secrets. And no, not, not, no one can. No one, no one can keep secrets. It doesn't matter what. But also, no need. <laughs> like, right? No need. Like, yeah. again, you know, last four years in the States. You know, you got a guy blatantly, openly doing shit. Still, you know, and then still. yeah, that's right. You look at Putin, and it's just like uh, openly, you know, blatantly. It's, yeah. It doesn't matter. What are you talking about? Yeah. Why? Why? Where? Where do you think this hidden, you know, uh, organization lives? And why would they be hidden when everything could be done out in the open? Mm-hmm. You know, well, maybe, maybe, maybe if people start answering for their for crimes. Yeah, yeah, then we're gonna have to have the hush hush squad <laughs> hiding in the bushes, running things. But until then, no, it's fine. There, do it. Go do your crime. You're the Legion of Doom. Everyone knows that your headquarters is in the swamp. What are they gonna do? <laughs> Call the cops? Are the cops gonna bust in there and try and take down Bizarro and Salman Grundy? <laughs> Fuck no! <laughs> it's like let them do their shit. <laughs> Yeah, well, they have a specific purpose. Those guys, the Legion of Doom. Yeah, what's their what's their purpose? They're a, a foil to the the League of Justice, Justice League, or yeah. Justice League. Sorry, okay. you know that's all. That's the only thing they're around for. If there was no Justice League, there'd be no need to have a Legion of Doom or whatever they're called. You don't think they'd run their own stuff and just try and take over the world? Nah, they just disband. You might be right. <laughs> Because <laughs> Lex might. Luthor, Lex Luthor really is just an answer to Superman. The reason he's a supervillain is that otherwise he just becomes a businessman and he just yeah. you know, runs things and it's just yeah. it's just a bad, bus- mean businessman. Yeah, yeah. Bizarro's got no reason to be around if Superman's not around because he's just an answer to Superman. That's a fair point. Yeah, Solomon Grundy would just hang out in the swamp. <laughs> yeah, Riddler is going to shut down because he's got no one to answer his riddles. Yeah, Commissioner Gordon ain't going to figure that shit out. <laughs> Yeah, yes. everyone everyone just like goes home. Oh man, do we just have to get rid of the Justice League? <laughs> That's all is it this takes. the problem? That's all it takes. That's right. Okay. <laughs> We're just encouraging them. It would be nice if, uh, you know, like when, when you had the United Nations, if some... When, uh, at least they'll have it. Yeah, we got the United Nations. And uh, if, if you had like an organization to just decide to be the anti-United Nations, you know, the, you mean China, the, Russia, yeah, but like, North Korea? yeah, but like openly, like with their own yeah. building. That's like, because oh, okay. I know Russia is still is part of the United. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. That's the problem. It's like you need yeah. to have just like you know, actually like uh, openly evil. Like, again, I, I like it in a swamp, but you know, <laughs> sure, it could you be somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It could be on an island. It could be something like that. But they just have like an organization. That they, and it looks just like the United Nations, except they go up and, we're going to do this. <laughs> and I, I guess Cobra Commander must be in charge because that's the voice I was just doing. 
Yeah, and they have like a huge public support as well. Some people would be behind it. Like, Some, let's hear their a ideas. Lot. We've already seen it. Let's hear their ideas. Exactly. I'm just here to listen. Yeah, the Le- let's uh, the League of Evil. Well, I, I, w- yeah. well, are they getting shit done? Have they got a plan for climate change? Bizarro and uh, Solomon Grundy would be on the Joe Rogan podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll freeze the sun. <laughs> like, okay, oh, tell me more. Look, yeah, it's very hot. Well, that yeah. sounds really interesting. Yeah, that's right. Yes, why don't we turn every third person into gold? <laughs> then you get your neighbor and you you spend your neighbor. I'm like, all right. You well, know, I used to be I uh, like the odds. I used to be really kind of dumb and mean, but then I discovered marijuana. Now I'm cool and and smart. Anyway, don't take vac- vaccines. I just uh, I'm not recommending that you don't take them. I'm just just uh, just trying to put my thoughts out there. Yeah, that's just wondering. That is kind of the crowd. That is kind of the crowd. It's too. Uh, oh bless! You just want to. You just want to see the origin story. I'm like, when did this all turn? <laughs> when did this all turn? Because I know it all started someplace good, probably. No, wait, wait. What started good? Just a guy. Know. A guy who was on did Fear Factor and is a announcer no, no, on a mixed like, martial arts. I know. Just, programming. Just these. He's like, a good guy. Well, loves people punching each other and other people eating bugs. Well, he was okay. No, I will give you a, a, a good thing. Okay. Uh, hey, that guy's got uh, got some weird conspiracy theory ideas. Hey, you know what? We could use him on our sitcom, and he could play the character who's got some weird conspiracy theory ideas, and like the stuff that he really believes will make really funny, and it'll make a good sitcom. Like, oh, okay, what's that called? News radio. <laughs> yeah. Joe Rogan on news radio playing a conspiracy nut is great. Yeah, he was good on there. Yeah, yeah, really good. So that yeah, yeah. did start well. And then it well, took a bad turn because like people went, "Hey, yeah. now do it for real. Let's let take well, the I take the irony and the everyone laughing at you away from it. And now you know we're gonna make it. We'll, we'll treat you seriously. Like, no, that's terrible idea. <laughs> that's a terrible it's like giving Ted yeah. Baxter a real news show and like going like you know, but now treat him like a real anchor in real life. No, horrible idea. What's what's this about? No, that's he's a sitcom character. Don't do that. Well, I mean, he was lucky that he had Andy Dick there. That was just was like the attention black yeah, hole of <laughs> black hole of when you're disaster. with andy dick and you're not the worst person in the cast yeah that's it that's something oh hey wow. <laughs> yeah that's a tough show to watch now you just like people come on and you're just like oh and you're like oh oh <laughs> i know we loved that show when it was on like the first season yeah. This thought was great. And then Lisa made the terrible mistake of reading a profile of Andy Dick in Rolling Stone magazine. You know, and he's like living in his ex-girlfriend's doghouse on his property that he no longer ha- owned. Or <laughs> so, it was so complicated. Right. The whole thing was just, you know, just like this living human disaster. And you're just like, oh. I mean, Dave Foley had, uh, you know, a lot of problems with his ex-wife and, you know, uh, uh, paying child support and alimony and all this and really was having a really really rough time Mm -hmm. but like compared to everyone else (laughs) what a what a well-lived life you know you know you seem like a a semi-decent guy and Mm -hmm. all this stuff and then oh boy the rest is geez yeah Yeah. it's kind of a sad show to watch yeah you're right and then it's you know uh Oh, who are we replacing Phil Hartman with John Lovitz okay you know (laughs) did you understand the character of Phil Hartman's character yeah, uh, uh, Phil Hartman. I like Phil Hartman so much. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good it's, a good record album designer. Yes, it's a good work. A good uh, writer of Pee Wee Herman movies. The best. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, 
I almost wonder, like, uh, what uh, the Simpsons would be like if uh, he was still around. Like, he was such a good, he was such a good I know, character but guy. I mean, it would, I mean, I think that all the actors on there are good character people. Yeah. I don't think, that, I don't think it's the voice talent that's an, an issue. If there's an issue, I haven't seen Simpsons for many, 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 many years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I dropped off. We're actually talking about this with Nina last night. Just to focus on the comics? <laughs> I was talking with I was talking about this with Nina, and she said it's funny. Nina, like our, you, our friend Nina Matsumoto. Yeah, you left. She said you left during the the middle of what's considered the golden age of it. You just kind of like jumped off. And it was just it was just like family life, and the fact that I worked on weekends, it just made it. I couldn't follow it anymore. Like yeah. I couldn't didn't have the time to like watch. Um, and plus, I I don't know. I don't know. I have trouble if I tape programs so to actually take the time to want to go back and watch them yeah <laughs> it's weird it's a weird thing it's like oh there's other things to do oh there's something new to watch yeah but, but, it's uh, uh there's so there's so many layers to uh, i think you know people's relationship with the simpsons mm-hmm. you know there's the oh wow this was this was great you know whatever but you know again it depends the age you start at too yeah you know and uh, you know at one point it's it's hilarious and then it's it's groundbreaking, and then it's, ah, it's okay. And then there's brief times where it's like, oh, no, this is pretty. And then it's, I don't know. And now I'm Stockholm syndroming. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, and then you're just, what are you doing? What's happening? Yes. You guys, it, and it, to the point where it's now almost more interesting as a, a social experiment and just going like, what if Saturday Night Live never got rid of the original writers yeah. and cast? Yeah. What would it be like now in its 40th year? It, oh, I want, that would be interesting. Well, watch The Simpsons, and you can sort of see how it goes. Yeah. And watch, you know, characters and all their voices go into this as they're getting into the... And, like, you know, the characters are the same age as the old man they portrayed <laughs> in the first season. Like, all right, let's see where this goes. There's new um, Futuramas coming up, apparently. I heard that. Yeah, to which, uh, you know, look... I like Futurama. I think I think I'm on the high end of people liking Futurama. Like, as in, I like Futurama probably more than most people. I've worked on it, uh, comic wise. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I prefer it to The Simpsons. Hmm. Okay, so um, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, uh, I don't know why you want more of those. Like, I don't really. I just think you know when I heard the announcement, it was it was like, oh, you got more got more stories to tell with them, huh? <laughs> It felt like you were, felt like you were kind of done. Mm. Felt like you were done. Um, maybe you do. And then it's, uh, and we don't necessarily have all the cast. Huh. Okay. So this really feels like you're going to be like going off on a bad note, you know, <laughs> but it also feels like you might be, and this is just me theoretically, and please don't let this stop anyone from getting me to write comics. Um, <laughs> this feels like you might be doing a little experiment right now. To say, like, what would happen if, say, I don't know, we replace some Simpsons actors? You know, what, what would you, the audience, say? Would you rather have this show keep going? Uh, or, you know, or we're going to just, like, end because, you know, we can't have the original cast. So, well, maybe we just recast and have new voices. And would that be cool if anyone... Mm, I don't know. I just... Uh, it, it feels to me like probably Disenchantment didn't catch fire the way they wanted it to mm-hmm. and so we all got to work and man alive this pandemic's rough anyone else got other jobs nope uh, what do we got futurama let's do more futuramas if we can here we go because god damn it we got to work yeah. yeah there's rent yes there is you know we need to pay for things and so yeah, we'll see. i didn't watch much of disenchantment 
I didn't think much of it. What I saw of it. Okay. Did you Did you enjoy it? Um. No. I thought it lacked. No, I didn't. I liked people involved in it, and there was some funny stuff, but I thought it was too mean. Yeah. Uh, for what it was, and then not funny enough to justify the meanness, and then they were really hugging on to their secrets and didn't reveal enough of the secrets. You know, and I just, just thought it was yeah, mean and no no heart to it, no no character that you could kind of catch latch onto as like oh I like this character, you know, like a, a whole a whole show of Benders would be really awful, you know. Bender's funny because he's in contrast to other people who are you know semi decent, but uh, like if everyone's Bender, then I don't know. <laughs> right? <laughs> they really felt it felt me. like they were going with the angle of. Okay, so here's this uh, the female lead. Okay, that's that's good so Ooh. far, uh, but well, no one's treated by men. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> no one's treating her seriously. Yeah, yeah, and you know, but she's a real hearty drinker and uh, fighter and uh, sexer and all this stuff. Uh, I was like, okay, uh, but people don't treat her seriously because she's a woman. Oh, so in this fantasy realm, there's that as well. Yeah. Okay. So how does she overcome that? Doesn't really. Mm. Like, doesn't really. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, what's that? And as you say, it feels like it's written by dudes. <laughs> like, you know, and, and, and once again, you've got a character who's kind of the nebbishy, uh, one who has a crush on her, but she's just treating him like a friend. And it's like, and, and, and it's like, okay, I know you're all nerds that are writing this, but you gotta, yeah, you gotta get a, we gotta get something else, man. We need a fresh take. This yeah. is just like so done even though it's in this semi-interesting world what are we like there was a point where they they end up going to this other world that's like steam world and it was like there's a dream world i think that they're in a dreamland or something like that and okay and and then it's like oh they're off to steam world and it's all a steampunk world and i'm like oh so with all these different worlds that are around that's interesting we're we doing what are we doing with that eh, you know it's just not much <laughs> like ah oh by the way hell's real Oh, hell's real, you say? Mm. Oh, okay. So, how does that all work? Is that like a Christian hell? Because you don't really have a set of religion thing. What's 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 it like? Like souls go down there? Yeah, it's like souls go down. So they're heaven or whatever. I'm not really deal with that. God damn it! <laughs> Explore. Be interested. Like not even be interesting. But I don't feel like the characters in the show are interested in in the show, and the people who are writing it aren't interested in the show. It's that feeling. You know, I know that's a thing people sometimes say about shows that kind of bothers me where it's like, well, this is boring. It's like, well, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Uh, but do the, does it feel like the, that the, the people making it uh, are interested in where this is going? But we're just not on board with where they want to go. But do they have a, a take? Do they have a, a reason? Do they, are they going somewhere? But even if you don't want to go down that road with them. And uh, this one is just like, I just they don't. I think they're just pathing. I think mm. they're filling time yeah. yeah and so that worries me about the new future animal i don't know man i don't know yeah i hope it's something that they're not like oh well this this will write itself we got some great characters here we can't we can't lose yeah and i wonder if they're going to do the thing where they're keeping it uh in real time compared so it's now 22 years after the start of the original series because they were doing that mm. you know so because like fry got there uh, you know, in 2000 was when he went to the future. And so the show started in the year 3000. And then every year was, you know, the, the parallel year to ours, but mm. like a thousand up. I don't know. 
they're doing that either because now the characters are kind of aging up yeah a lot where it's just like i don't know maybe i'll settle down someday and it's just like ah, tick 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 <laughs> but are they really aging that'd be kind of that'd be sort of interesting if they did that yeah they i think they sort of were mm. but no, not real oh boy <laughs> i don't know because there's no character development like they don't change they don't become better people they can't become better people at the end of the episode then everything reverts back to status quo and they carry yeah, on yeah i mean zoidberg's character definitely changed and evolved over time uh where it used just to be the alien who didn't know what he was doing yeah uh to where he just became more and more pathetic to where he was the sad sack character it was yeah. like okay now you got something there that's it that's an interesting take on that and hermes you know there was there's some stuff that went with it. they never really knew what to do with amy yeah boy they didn't know what to do with amy <laughs> ah, just get more freaking women in the <laughs> I mean, it's not necess- it's not necessarily going to fix everything, but you know what's not going to fix everything is not fixing anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm sure. Yeah, a few. Yeah, who knows? A few less good men. A few. Yeah, but you know what? Oh man, then then there's girls in the room, and you know they're always wanting to clean stuff up. And, yeah. Ugh. That's going to lead to having people in the room that are different colors than you. And then they're going to be in love with (laughs) different people. Not hire people from Harvard? Yeah, that's the thing. And then you're going to have to have different perspectives and see how this all goes. And it's just... (laughs) Or you know what? It could be great. That'd be interesting if if, if enough time has passed... That the writers have been sitting on story ideas and developing them in your in their heads and just going, you know what I'd love to do, mm-hmm. especially with the way things are right now. This is where, because that's the thing you can do with sci-fi is you can do commentary on what's going on now without saying actually what's going on now. That's great if you can do it. Mm-hmm. It's fucking hard. Can you? <laughs> if you can, that'd be great. Let's mm-hmm. see what you got. But if you're just going to have Trump's head in a jar, what... <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing yeah 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 what's your take on the pandemic in the future what's your t- what's your take and like uh, is it just uh, i just don't i don't trust them to have the the uh, take i got an idea i'd like to know space it. truckers yeah i think that was a thing wasn't it is there like a i don't know is it like so. a comic book like space truckers or something like that or i comic? think that i think i might have written it i think it might have been the last issue of futurama has space truckers oh really, really? <laughs> i think it is okay. conceivable that that is the oh, it's possible that's possible send in your pitch get on that writing stuff they need one more they need one more guy well this is what it feels like it's like if they're if they're being so tight-fisted with the vo- voice talent it feels like they're going to have a real core writing staff. Are they being tight-fisted with the voice? Well, they're not. Uh, John DiMaggio uh, has not been offered the role of Bender yet. Okay. Or at least they're in negotiations mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they're being that tight where they can't afford kind of voice guy that you need. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're probably going to be tight with the writing staff, which means a small writing staff. Which I'm sure the writing staff is going, that's fine. We can write lots. That's fine. It's <laughs> You know, it's like. But can you? Can you, fellas? Can you? I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. Maybe it'll be great. You're right. Could be great. Fantastic. (laughs) Glad glad I convinced you. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fine. (laughs) Everything's good. (laughs) There's um, on uh, on Amazon, they they have a a new Reacher. Yes, they do. Tom Cruise is out. Ellen somethingson is in. Ellen the giant. Yeah, they keep referring to him as the giant through the show. Okay. He's a big guy. 
Yeah, uh, the show lets you know all the although, time. Although, you know what? It's They make him look big sometimes. Yeah. And other times the actors are like pretty close to his height. Yeah. So you're kind of like, oh, is he really that tall or just big? Because mm-hmm. apparently he put on a lot of muscle for the role because he is pretty. Well, he was pretty muscly on Titans. Okay. He plays Hawk on Titans. Mm. He was Aquaman on Smallville. And one other superhero, he was Vigilante uh, in um, like Legends of Tomorrow or something. On yeah, other yeah. Episodes. yeah. Yeah. So he's played three DC superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now he's Reacher. Now he's so Reacher. have you have you seen Reacher now? We've watched quite a bit of it. Yeah, okay. we've watched all of it. I've watched all of it. Okay, okay. How does it end? No, don't tell me. I'm How just, does it end? Actually, I'm just okay. Of a reach. I've already I've already read it. <laughs> they call him Reacher because uh, he just walks around and when people are trying to get something from a top shelf, yeah, he goes, "It's okay, I'm big. I'm six five. And he'll reach up. Reach it almost it. feels like every one of the references to how tall he is is just like just just a slam on Tom Cruise. Mm. Just like, look at that guy. He's really big. Well, that's his defining characteristic, is being tall. Indeed, he is a tall man. Certainly very, very tall. Yeah. And you know what? Young. Yes. I'd say 20s, 30s at the most. At the most, you're correct. And did we mention tall? Yes, indeed. Anyway, no one else could play him but him. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so what did you uh, think of it so far? That's fine. Yeah. I, the books are like the books are like that, too, though. The books are they're fine. They're fine. It's... Uh... It has some of the annoying things that uh, there's a scene early on where he keeps saying something like, keeps saying, talking about how, you know, facts are important or being accurate is important in yeah, the case. De- details matter. Details matter. And the one guy says something about Frankenstein. He's like, I believe you're talking about Frankenstein's mon- monster because details matter. And you're like, who fucking cares? Everyone knows that. Like, why are we being pedantic about who's Frankenstein and Frankenstein's yeah, monster? Like, that to me was, you know, because it says off the top from the book, The Killing Floor. Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, when was this written? It must have been written at a time before everyone brought that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To the point where it's now ironic to do a joke about that because it's like so yeah. known. It just feels like, uh. And there, there is that element to the books that one of the things I really hate, which is uh, when books, when the author has done some research and has to throw it in there, has to throw in his facts, you know, in a way that's kind of smarty pants or, or kind of like, but you didn't know that people in prison, uh, you know, they'll end up having a guy, a guy attack him for a lot of rape in prison. But you didn't know that. Yeah, everyone knows that. Like, why are you telling us? We get it. Yeah, that, that prison scene was just like, oh, man, did the computer just write this itself? <laughs> like, this is just an amalgamation of every freaking prison thing. Like, well, all right. All right, murderers. We're going to open the doors now and let the murderers talk to the other murderers. And, and if you've got some sexing to do of other murderers or you want to kill anybody, uh, now's your time. This counts as exercise time. And then we're all going to have a snack. Yeah. going to be a snack. It's graham crackers. Oh, graham so, crackers. Graham oh. crackers. So get your murder in death. Better, better go rape and murder that guy in cell four. Yeah. It's just so casual. It's just like, hey, buddy, give me those glasses. Smash. Smash. Which I guess you don't need. Fresh meat. Yeah. It, just, it was just like, what the hell? And then, and then you know, a fresh set of those guys, you know, if it's not those guys, it's these guys. Yeah. We'll yeah. meet you down in the laundry room. <laughs> like kind of white supremacist tattooed guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, all right, here we go. Um, I do like how brutal Reacher is as a, as a fighter. I do like that he's... In no way fighting fair ever. I, I like, yeah. kind of like that he uses whatever is handy to pummel people with. <laughs> and, you know, I just kind of, I kind of like that part of it. You know? Yeah. That I'm, that I'm down with. The, the, 
the problem for me is like every part of it is, uh, you know, by the, right, num- by the numbers, that? yeah, by the numbers, but, yeah. but by the numbers, but not by the numbers, like movie by the numbers, by the numbers, uh, TV procedural by the numbers, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of, you're a bit of a nerd, aren't you? Hey, shut up, you big hunk of da da da. And like, I'm the by the books gal who just is trying <laughs> to get the job done, except, you know, unless you're having a shower, in which case I'll join you. Hey, who's watching the door? Ah, who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Your lives are on the line. This makes no sense. So, it's, you know, everyone's like yeah. just dumb procedural types. But then it's like, so we found the body. Well, they took his anus and put it over his head. <laughs> then they took his eyeballs and put them where his ears should be and put his ears where his testicles should be. They call right. that a Mongolian Swiss Army knife. That's right. And let's show that to you now with his wang hanging out. <laughs> Yeah. There's no need. Just sit, you described because, it because we've seen that. because that that genre requires the grisly details. Well, this is the that's thing. a big like, part of it. What genre? That, that's the thing. It's not that genre. It's 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 no no the book genre that it that oh, okay, reaches part fine. of. Yeah, yeah. Because like to me again, it's 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 almost it's just procedural. CSI. It's, yeah, but it's not. You can't and think of it as like it law and order. Angel Heart. Yeah, and it's just like, and I say Angel Heart, but it's gruesomer than Angel Heart. This one guy, yeah, they just like have nailed to a wall with his wang hanging out, <laughs> and everything's like flopped over, and they cut him up, and they got the guy there from what they do in the shadows, and he's. I did like him because he's reacting like a person would yeah. through the whole thing of just like, ah! <laughs> I'm like, yes, you would, you would just walk in and go, yeah, they were trying to teach him a lesson. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, and then again, the thing that always bugs me in these—they're these, sending a message. Yeah, they're sending a. Okay, here's what we did: we set up a series of, like you know how every house has seventy-five mirrors, right? So we angled every mirror so they couldn't look away. Wait, wait, every house has seventy-five mirrors? Are you That's sure? Right. Every house has. Well, 75 we mirrors. we brought some with us. We brought six or seven mirrors with us and brought them in the house. <laughs> and then we glued. Yeah, this took a while. <laughs> well set up. It took a long while. We had to. And so we uh, couldn't look away, and then we put. We held his eyes open with tape, and uh, okay, I guess you did. What to to what end? I know, but that's, to what end? That's that's that is that is the genre right there. Is this idea of like how horrible can it be? How could you imagine if something really gross happened to someone, and yeah. it would be so gross? Okay, let's write it in the book. There you go. Yeah, I mean, you this did is, it. This is the kind of thing that you know they used to do, where it's just like. We went to Central America, and people there are a bit different. And, you know, when they kill you, they kill you doing, and you see the, ooh, like, but these are all, you know, just like, like American, yeah. hey, how you doing? Well, I want a country fried steak. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to split them into 75 <laughs> slices. We're going to keep them all alive, and they all have to look at each other. So it's 75 versions of himself looking at himself while we, while we take his penis and we mail it to France. Okay, but then it gets made into a snail, and then he has to watch a guy eat it like it's escargot. And he's like, no, and he wants to die. Like, okay, fine. Fine. And and so the person who tortures the person over here, how are they going to die? Like uh, any kind of, you know, uh, we're going to feel good about that because there's, there's some payback. Blam. <laughs> okay, fine. So the person just, nah, yeah. what, there's no relief. There's no, why, why, why do I feel good now that yeah. things have happened? Mm-hmm. You know, because you know Reacher's going to, Reacher's perfect. So Reacher's going to figure shit out. Yeah. But yeah, what's the, hmm. 
<laughs> will Reacher grow? Will Reacher change? Will Reacher? Are we not supposed to want Reacher to change? Is Reacher just? No, you're not supposed to want him to change because you like, as a as a reader of the books. I am assuming this is a reader of the series, and you like you like him. So you you know you can't have him like sort of epiphany. Why why am I beating people up all the time? I I should get a steady job and just settle down. Enough of this busting around the country. You know, no. Yeah, you gotta keep gotta keep moving. And here's the other thing about it. It's I mean, like, there's elements that I liked okay. about it. There's a in, yeah. No, I watched the damn thing. Introduced to his uh, his friend. Is her name like Feeny or something? I can't remember her name. Yeah, I like her a lot. But you can see when they're talking to each other, like how much how they're da- how much they're damaged by yeah. their careers is like in their military. Yeah, she doesn't want to be touched. Doesn't want to be he touched. Respects that. It's like yeah, they're, they're both totally they're co- they're so cold to each other. Because they can't, they can't show affection because yeah. there's this huge bravado, like a huge wall of bravado. But that shows the affection between them because that's the most that they can have. That's affection. the most they can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of interesting to me. Like that, that's the best part of that show. I thought was that that relationship. The rest of it, you know, the actor from uh, from My Zombie, uh, you know, his, his role is kind of you know just kind of like well, who's who's that? Who's that? The black detective. Oh, okay. Was he from iZombie? Yeah, he was the policeman who was oh, like partner okay. to to. I didn't really watch iZombie. Oh, okay. Mary was a big fan, so I've mm-hmm. I've seen five minutes of many episodes. Yeah, yeah it was a weird thing too because there's a scene at one point where that guy takes off his shirt and Reacher goes, "Hey, you know you're kind of jacked," and he goes, "Really? No." And it's like he is. Yeah. Are you blind? Yeah. The guy's got guns for days. It's just, <laughs> you happen to be this freak show. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, John Santa type. That's over here. Yeah. Well, here's the other problem. He's not quite as freakish as John Senna, but yeah. No. But but here here's the other problem. It's like every fight that the guy's in, mm-hmm. there's no, oh, will he win? Because like, he's fighting a guy who's like half his size. <laughs> you know, but the guy knows a bit of martial arts. Sure. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's damn. Oh, and the guy's got a little knife. Okay. <laughs> but you're a monster. You're the guy in a fight in a movie that we're like, well, oh, I was going to beat this guy. Yeah. But you're the guy. Yeah. You're the huge guy. So, you know, at some point you're expecting some fights. Like, you guys know that Reacher's going to be there. Hire some big guys. <laughs> so Reacher can fight some big guys now. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's always just like showing, oh, we're going to get them. <laughs> oh, no. That's right. We're here to beat you up. We represent... <laughs> A lollipop gill. We're gonna take a lollipop. We're gonna shout up your ass. Then what we're gonna do? We're gonna take you to that's right. An elephant's uh, gonna sh- sanctuary where they all like the taste of people. Gonna... You see this guy, Emerald City bow tie. <laughs> yeah. <So> they <laughs> they cut out your heart and stick your tongue through it. Yeah, every one of them just knows the most gruesome mafia <laughs> way of doing a thing. And, and there's no like no one in the gang goes. Jeez. <laughs> we just shoot him in the head and walk away? Bit, yeah, just shoot him in the head. Oh, we got to send away. a message. You know, there's, you can't write a letter or yeah, send an we gotta, email. Yeah, we got to get him to talk. Okay. <laughs> Have you tried regular torture? Did that not work? No, they're, they're immune to that now. Yeah. We got to set up a hologram. He's got a hologram of his family. And he's got to watch the hologram dance with, you know, Tupac. Then they all get assassinated. All right, fine. <laughs> Whatever, whatever, you, whatever you say. Uh, no, he was. Yeah, yeah I like the. I like the guy fine. It was fine. It just. It just seemed like the basic parts were too basic, and then the other parts were just too gruesome. Mm. But I did like. You know, you know, like I'm gonna. I'm gonna start a fight with you in three seconds. <laughs> three, two. <laughs> yeah, I, I did like that. I like that he cheats. I like yeah. that. 
I, that seems realistic. Like, why would you play by rules with people who are trying yeah, to kill you? Yeah, he shoots two guys in the back. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And later, like, someone's like, hey, you shot him in the back. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming to kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to stop them. No, I, I, liked, I liked his practical uh, thing. I didn't really care about the, the flashbacks so much. I thought that was just kind of getting in the way of stuff. And I guess that was to help introduce his brother. But I don't remember there being flashbacks in the, in the book. So I think I... Every one of the flashbacks is this, though. It's just like, it's a story about honor. Listen, you can't let him see you cry. Listen, you can't. Reacher, Reacher, you've got... Okay, fine. <laughs> Everything is just one of those moments. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like, yeah. Do you guys ever, like, have dinner? <laughs> do you ever watch some TV? Well, that's not what you remember, though. These moments. Where... Yeah, do you remember the moments when someone gave you a lesson? Yeah. In civics. Where your brother puts his hand on your shoulder and tells you about life. There's three levels of government. <laughs> um... But yeah, it's really fine. four. It's Let me fine. explain it to you. What's, uh, what's kind of funny is that's the only book I've read is that one. Okay. That's the only book I've read. And I, and I read it and I was just kind of like, at least it loves them. She, lo- she just loves them. But she loves mysteries and that kind of stuff. So that's, that's fine. Like that's, that's her bag. So I, I enjoy that she enjoys them. Here's the other thing that bugged me. Um, <laughs> they have one scene where, first of all, that they got the one guy who, you know, I wonder if he's a villain. Well, he's got a walking stick with a diamond on the end of it. <laughs> And a, and a Van Dyke. Yeah. You know, I was like, hmm, who's yeah. the villain? Um, but yeah, he's addressing like a crowd. And there was someone in the crowd that I knew was an actor. Hey, there's that guy. I know him. And it's like, hey, what are we doing in this town with all the murders? We don't like all these murders in the town. Hey, you're going to stop all the murders? Because there's all the murders happening in this town. I'm like, okay. I, I, I like this town full of hicks. I like to see these guys. Uh, what's going to happen with these guys? Well, I'll never see them again. They yeah. just come to one meeting, and then they don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did also like the um, very opening of it when he's sitting in the restaurant with, with his pie, and the police come, and he, he looks around, and it's like two kids at the counter, some old lady sitting in the booth. He's just like, you can just see the, his uh, his like neck muscles kind of clench, or his, his jaw clench. And he, he, he's just like, well, I know what they're here for. So he just puts his hands on the table. Ready for them. I, I did like that. I thought that was... Yeah. I think, you know, it's not terrible. It's, the pie the pie payoff is good near the end. I'm just saying that much. It's, it's good. Yeah. Good pie business. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. I'll watch the next one, I guess, whenever they f- decide to do it. I was, I've been enjoying uh, The After Party, which is uh, a Chris Miller um, uh, TV series. Okay. Yeah. So it's about, uh, about uh, a murder that takes place uh, at the after party of a high school reunion. Okay. And it's a whole bunch of actors that you'll go, oh, yeah, those guys. <laughs> They're all entertaining. And Chris Miller, of course, is, uh, you know, behind like 20, 21 Jump Street, the, you know, and Clone High yeah. and Into the Spider-Verse. The Last Man on Earth. Cl- Last Man on Earth, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. <laughs> uh, and, parts, and, of, parts of Solo. Yep. Parts. We don't know which parts. We don't know which parts. That's true. Uh, but uh, Lord, his partner, was is not part of it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it goes places. It's interesting. It's like, uh, you know, kind of a Rashomon thing of like what happened at the party. And then you see it from all the different characters perspective and they're all done in a different style. And so far, so good. I'm halfway through. And so, uh, enjoying it. Uh, my wife is not enjoying it. So I'm watching it, uh, on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's too bad. That's all right. That's too bad. You're allowed to have different uh, opinions really yeah you are yeah that's the way it goes okay so um uh, how are things with you in the land of bathrooms 
In the London bathroom, well, I didn't uh, get much of a chance to do any bathroom-related things uh, last weekend because uh, I had a rat infestation in our sh- in my studio, shop slash studio. By infestation one? Nope. Oh. Nope. That would that would be a visitor. Okay. That'd be a visitor, rat visitor. Okay. No, it was a reached a peak of there was three hundred rats. No one's oh <laughs> Stephen King story, night shift. They have to like fight the rats with a hose. No, um, I would help and the two of us. Over <laughs> no more. Um, I started last weekend actually. I was sitting in the shop and I heard some scratchy scratching going on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's going on on the deck? Is Bruce up there or something? And I was like, listening. And then I realized, oh, what's happening in the shop? Oh, I got some scratchy scratching going on inside. Okay. So then I was like, okay, well, we have, we have uh, visitors. So I, and I don't like visitors. I'm perfectly fine with creatures living their lives outside yeah. of my, my, uh, you know, house. Yeah. And so I said, this will not stand. And so I, I have an old rat trap that I caught a long time ago. I think I had more than one, but I only have one left. So okay. I put some peanut butter on it and then I set it. I put it where I could see some mouse droppings. That's the thing, or rat, rat droppings. That's the thing. I went and looked because when I heard yeah. the scratchy scratch, I went and looked and went, "Oh, well, I can see that they're here or they're and around." Risa this never way. comes into your shop. No, Risa doesn't. Well, she does sometimes, but um, I don't think she'd do too well against rat. Uh, no, no, rat, I mean, as in, rats. like she wouldn't go for the peanut butter. That's my. That's my oh favorite. yeah, no, no, uh, they don't. Yeah, they don't come in. Okay. Yeah, if she did, I would lift it up out of the way. So I had it there overnight. Came in the next day untouched. I was like, "Well, I thought they liked peanut butter." I guess they don't. So then, but then I found I had this pack that I got like 20 years ago of some stuff called Rodentex. And okay. It has a picture of a rat on it. Mm-hmm. He's a rodent. Addressed as an X-Men. From Texas. Okay. From just as an X-Men. Okay. That's also good. Uh, and um, it said kills in one feeding or whatever. And I was like, oh, this will get rid of this rat. So I like opened the package up and there's like these green like f- kind of four bars that are all connected together. I'm like a Kit Kat. Okay. And I broke it. And then I, I, broke, <laughs> I broke it into chunks. And then I put like four chunks around on the floor. And then I left. And then I came back the next day and all the chunks were gone. Oh. And I was like, they're dead. <laughs> and then I was working on something and I heard more scratchy scratching. It's like, no. So then I put more chunks out. And then those were all gone. Wow. I did that. I did that four times. Right. All the chunks were gone. And then on uh, Saturday, and here's the thing, we needed to record Horse Mysteries. Okay. And so there was some talk about doing it on Wednesday, but I couldn't bring Lisa into the shop with, with rats because right. she does not do well with even the mention of rats. Like, ugh. So, so I just thought, well, we won't, do it. we won't do it until I've cleaned up this mess. So on Saturday, I like, you know, got a mask on and some gloves and I went into the shop and... I just started like moving stuff out of the way and vacuuming all this stuff. And it turned out that they had got into a bag of chicken feed. So they were eating that. And that was quite depleted, actually. So they were having quite a time. But basically, they just spread it all over the floor as well. Like it just kind of like spilled everywhere. So I was like, <laughs> you know, vacuum up all this. Uh, right. You could just tell the chickens and then they just take yeah, care of Yeah, that's right. Out. Take care. I was, yeah, I was like, you yeah. guys come in here. So, uh, Oh, and that was so. The, the first, thing, like the first omen, though, that maybe things were good was like was walking over, da, 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 and then right in the stairwell there was a dead rat laying laying there. And I was like, oh. So then I uh, had to like put it on a on a dustpan, right. which of course you have to close your eyes when you do that. 
and sort of shake the dustpan back and forth as you, as you push it towards the rat. And then you open up your eyes and you're like, oh, it didn't go on. Oh, and then you keep trying until it's on. Then you take it outside and you throw it in your compost and then you go back to your shop and then, right. and then you start your business. Or you put it on a bike as a warning to the other <laughs> So you shouldn't hang it. This could be you. And then, uh, I, um, yeah, it just kept going. And then I found like this whole, they had taken a, I guess I'd brought a community newspaper into the shop one day to, to read it. I wanted to read the flyers. But they found it, so they just tore it all up and made a big rat's nest underneath this dresser that that's uh, stored in the shop. And so I had to like, you know, pull on that and vacuum and vacuum all the bits and pieces and stuff. And I found a a, a plane, a power plane. I didn't even know I had it. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I knew at one point, but I've forgotten. It's been behind this thing for I don't know how many years. So I pulled that on. Like, whoa, a plane? Yeah. Oh. Like, it's like it's like a box kind of shaped yeah. thing, and it has rollers. And you put the wood into it, and yeah. then it sucks it in, and then it smooths it. Supposedly, I've never used it. So there were like a couple of smooth rats. Someone on gave the other it to me. That, like, yeah, a <laughs> couple of smooth rats. Uh, someone gave it to me, and I just never. I never had any reason to use it, though. I'm not really a woodworker of that caliber. Right. So uh, yeah, so then I found another one, a dead, another dead rat. So of course I put that in a dustpan, but then I was kind of trapped, so I just put him over on a something else that was behind me and carried on with my thing. Okay. You got a third one. That's a rat trick. <laughs> and then, but then I like had to go out for a second and then I hit the dustpan and flung the rat. <laughs> I was like, Oh, now I got to pick it up again. Close your eyes and do the thing. And ugh. Yeah. so then I just put that one out of the compost right away. Since I was already, and then, um, that is what the tails are for. You can't just hold the tails and just go, ah, and then put them in. No, don't want to grab the no, tail. No, I don't want to touch them. Don't even, touch though, the even, tail? even with gloves on, I don't want to do it. No. Okay. No. Nah. All right. So then, um, so that, so that, then I was pulling out this paper stuff of that, and this rat rolled out, and I was just like, Whoo! but it was dead. They're all, everyone was dead. Okay. There were six of them in the end. Oh wow. Okay. And I had six of them, and about six million pieces of poo. Yeah. There's a lot of poo. And you got to get rid of that because that's toxic as hell. Yeah. So I vac- was vacuuming yeah, that. I had to really take everything. I ha- I've discovered this. Um, Mice not so dangerous. Mice shit. And same thing with rats. To give you a sense of how long this little hoardy collection had been hiding behind a bunch of other stuff, I had like 40 baby food jars that I, I guess at one point my plan was to use them to store screws. Yeah. So I collected them all and I'd put them in in this area. And then as things, you know, as stuff got pushed into the shop, these things ended up being hidden and behind, you know. I had forgotten about the plane. I'm going to forget about baby food jars. So, uh, so yeah, I have a bunch of I had a bunch of those. So I had to take all those out and vacuum and vacuum those out and vacuum around them. And oh, what a what a what a fun time! Oh boy! So if anyone's wondering why the show was late on Saturday, that is part, partly why. Okay, I spent a big part of my day. So you didn't work on the bathroom because of that? No, I couldn't. I did do a little bit at night. I did, but not very much because I I got I got uh, de- defeated feeling and went and sat down <laughs> like a baby. So yeah, and then. Now you now you got like six rat ghosts in your uh... yeah well that's fine okay that's fine I I can take that they're small all right they're small they're 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 worse their haunting is worse when they're alive than when they're dead I don't fair I, enough I don't care about ghost poo myself some people get upset about it I guess but I'm okay with it um, but the other thing that I had to do uh, was on Monday when did I do Sunday went well, to church well I did go to church there you go I can't remember what else I did something I guess but um, yeah, I don't know what I did. Things. So then uh, on Monday, though, uh, well, I, Nina contacted me. She wanted to uh, pick up a bed from Ikea. Okay. So 
she asked if I could give her a hand. So of course I said, I said yes. And so I went over, I used it, took the truck, borrowed the truck from Lisa and went over to Nina's new place. Right. It's a very nice area. I've been around it, but never she lives in the sky. Now. She lives 21 stories up in the air. Yeah. Drop a penny. You can kill a person. Well, we don't have pennies anymore, so she can't. Yeah, it was very high up. And the biggest problem, she's like, oh, you should go and look. And for whatever reason, I had like this, as soon as I get like unwanted thoughts. Yeah. And my unwanted thought is to jump when sure. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. at heights. And so it's very terrifying when I start having those feelings because yeah. I literally want to like run back, run, like go back and then run and jump off the, sure. the deck. So I'm like, okay, I have to go back inside because I'm having really bad unwanted thoughts right now. It's very, because when I went, I had to go back a couple of days later and then I was fine. Yeah. I had no problem looking out, uh, but it, for some reason that day, I just... I've had that where I was like lying in bed, just thinking, like, here's how I jump off the balcony. <laughs> and it was like really clear, like, yeah, here's yeah. how you do it. And I'm like, no! <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I don't like that. It's a bad, bad thing to have happen sometimes, but it does happen to me. Um, Lisa gets the urge to throw her purse off the ferry when she's on the ferry, just to like throw it into the water, into the yeah. ocean, which of course would also be kind of devastating because you've thrown away your car keys and all your money. <laughs> Right. And then the next thing you see, like, an orca's got it. It's, it's <laughs> it's stylish, <laughs> no? Uh, then the, then somebody finally get to where you're going. You see the orca there at the gift shop. And it's like, wait a minute. I'm using my credit card. That's not you. Oh, maybe it is. <laughs> One thing I, I was thinking about Nina's place, and I should have asked her when I was there, was, does it feel small to you? Because I'm used to... I mean, I've lived in a house my whole life. I've only lived very briefly in an apartment. And it was a pretty sizable apartment that we lived in because it was in Langley, you know. And I don't know, her place felt really small, like really cramped small. Here's here's how, I, like I used to live in a small apartment. Yeah. Uh, and my feeling was this. I can only be in one room at a time. <laughs> I guess that's true. Right. So, yeah. and then when I, then I, someone moved in with me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, isn't that really small for the two of you? Well, then I'll go in the other room. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm still in the other room, and it's like, yeah, I got the whole room. I can only, I can straddle two rooms, I guess. You know, it's so always outside. That's you know, true. so yeah, you you get more of an outside life, or you get more of an inside life, I suppose, if you like on the computer and doing work, and yeah, you know, you're just kind of focused on this one little corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. But uh, yeah, anyway. if you've lived in a house for an extended period of time, I think it would probably be difficult for you to go to that kind of small space. Yeah, it feels weird. But anyway, it's nice though. It's very and a beautiful view. Holy cow! And like like minutes from the SkyTrain station, mm-hmm. so she could just like walk, walk out her door, and she five minutes she's at the SkyTrain, which is really nice. But anyway, so we went to IKEA and picked up the bed, and, and uh, we came back, and and that went fine. That part went fine. We had some hot dogs. She Good. got ve- yeah, she, she got veggie dogs. I got hot dogs and right. some frozen yogurt. And um, it's really weird with hot dogs how they change when you go veggie dogs. You change the hot part. You didn't change the dog part, right? <laughs> like if you if you have a word, it's like two yeah. words: hot dog. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna make it vegetarian. Yeah. Great. What are you gonna change? Hot? No. <laughs> Why? No. Because it's still a dog. Like hot veg or hot something. But no, but hot, it's still it's still, it's still a dog. How is it a dog? Because the hot dog. What makes it a dog? The the wiener. Well, it's still hot. Like it's a ve- like a veggie dog is still hot. Yeah. But okay, it's not a. Okay. But the hot isn't the important part of you it. You took the animal part away. You don't take the animal part away. Yeah. You take the hot part away. It makes no sense to me. Nah. <laughs> Veggie dog. That's, that's the bit you change. Okay, go ahead. So uh, we got back. And so Nina had planned ahead and she had arranged for us to use the visitor parking 
because she thought that would be easier for us to move like the bed. It was like in three pieces. And it was a sensible uh, elevator that you could get a bed into and everything? Yeah, they're a good size you elevator. You didn't have to use the uh, stairs? There's three elevators. Oh, good. And they're really fast. Really fast. Well, if there's that many floors, then there's a lot of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. You need, some, you mm-hmm. need a couple of elevators. Yeah. Uh, sorry, everyone. I'm just going to sigh. Okay. And um, so we get there. I'm, a, I'm Just so everyone knows, I'm driving in a big pickup truck. Not in my little car, which okay. I much prefer. So Nina's like, okay, it's... Because you're also doing some protesting while you're there. You're oh, yeah. I'm starting very the, slowly honking my horn. You the flag upside down. <laughs> uh, you're, uh, you're harassing healthcare workers. Yeah, yeah. I had a bumper sticker that said F Trudeau. Which way did you mean it? As in you'd like to or you don't like him? Both. Okay. <laughs> I want to I hate F him. Yeah, that's a hate fuck. So anyway, um, so we go... So Nina's like, okay, we have to... you do that? It's not gay, then. No, no, no. No, as long as you hate it. Yeah, as long as you hate it. <laughs> it's, it's fine. fine it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't judge my emotions and feelings and pleasures. Um, and crimes. And <laughs> crimes and misdemeanors. Uh, so, so yeah. So, Nina's like, okay, we have to go to the second parkade. Okay. I'm like, okay. So, where oh, is man, it? I'd never go with an artist to the second parkade. Where, where is it? She's like, I don't know. So, okay. So... We go there on the corner. So well, let's just go into this one because we see the gate. We'll go in. So we drive in, and of course, it's an apartment parkade. Parkade, right? It is not made for trucks. There is no reason for anyone who lives in Vancouver to drive a truck, except for their small penis. That is the only reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess a work vehicle. But okay, I'll accept that. So we're driving in. Me and my small penis. We're driving into the the parkade, and it feels so you're so closed in you know and you're turning on the corners you're just like all you're imagining is just like scrape along these concrete walls turn the next corner scrape and so then we drive down and we're looking and i just i guess on a whim i thought i saw this gate and i was thinking oh maybe that's the way to the other parkade and so i went down there and then it was a dead end so then i had to back out and then work my way around then we went downstairs we went all the way to the bottom couldn't see anything uh we had an easy cut through of four spaces we cut through then turned back around and went back upstairs. We went to the maintenance level. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this is not working out very well. So then I looked at the pass, and then I, I realized it said stalls 160 to 163 or something like that. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, okay, so the specific stalls. So we turned back around, went back down, and those those four convenient spots that I had pulled through, those were the yeah. par- visitor parking spots. Uh-huh. So we pulled into those spots, and the truck didn't even fit in the spots. Like, like it literally could not fit in the spots. Like it was, I just took over the next one. I couldn't open my door because there's a pillar right beside it. So I had to, Nina got out, then I had to crawl up behind her. So then we like, um, Nina went to explore. She went to see where we should go. And she find, you know, found the stairs. It says, uh, exit to stairs and elevator lobby. So we're like, cool. All right. We, uh, portage everything over to right. this, to this spot. The three boxes, two are fine. They're just like the headboards, but one is very heavy. It has all the slats and everything in it. So that one's got some weight. So bring that over. And then we're in like one of those little rooms where there's like the door, then another door, and then the stairwell because for fire purposes, right? So, so I'm in the little cubicle part, and then Nina goes ahead to explore. So she goes upstairs, then she goes back down, and the door is locked for her. So I let her back in, and she comes in, and she looks very worried. She's her face looks a little concerned. <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, I don't think there's a way to get out. So she goes to the door back to the parkade. <laughs> it's locked. <laughs> So then she's like, oh. So she goes back up again. And she goes back down. I said, this is kind of like a Seinfeld episode. But uh, she Which was... she gets because she gets sitcom. She enjoys the sitcom. She was too focused on the fact that we were oh, trapped right. in, a, in a room. Yeah. So she, she phones the 
she phones the uh, the building managers. Yeah. But of course, it's nighttime, so they're all gone. So it's just like a nighttime phone contact or whatever. So she hangs up. Goes, okay, I'm just going to try something else. So she goes upstairs. Then I hear a door open. I'm like, oh, this sounds good. She comes back down. We can go outside. Okay, cool. So once again, we portage everything out of that in- into the stairwell. That door closes. We can no longer go back into that little room. We're, we're locked out of there. We carry everything up the stairs. When I say we, I mean me. No, Nina helped. We did bring everything up the stairs. We portage it all up there. Go back down, grab more things, come back up. Go. I said, we're like voyagers. And then we went outside. Immediately, we have no idea where we are, though. And she goes, how's this like Star Trek Voyager? Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let's just keep going. <laughs> Trekkies. Uh, so we go outside. We have no idea where we are, though. We've come out in some part of the of the complex. So then Nina goes one way to see what she comes back. She goes the other way. <laughs> then she comes back. She goes, well, I wonder if I can open the door over there. So then she goes over the door. She comes back. She goes, okay, we can go that way. I said, oh, cool. So go back. Then we... We get inside, get everything in the elevator, go upstairs, start making the bed, put it together. It's Ikea. And then in the middle of it, we discover that one of the pieces is is uh, defective. It doesn't, the threads are stripped, so the, oh. it won't hold the, the, the bolt. So that's it. Time to stop. So I uh, <laughs> I said, well, I guess I should go because it's pretty late. So I said, uh, she's like, well, do you want me to come with you? I said, no, I'm sure it's fine. I'll just go downstairs and go in and then I'll... And, you know, it's any gate, it'll have like a sensor and it'll go up when the car yeah. approaches. So we'll go downstairs, get down to that P2, down to that level, mm-hmm. get to the door. And then I'm like, okay, if there's any problems, I do not want to be trapped in this room. So I put a piece of paper in the, in the, where the door l- latches because yeah. I didn't want it to. So then I went over to the door, locked. There's a little thing for like a fob. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I phone, went to phone Nina, can't contact her because I'm too deep in the bowels of the earth for my phone to work. <laughs> So I went back up in the elevator, back up to, to her apartment and said, hey, sorry, I'm going to need your fob to get out. So she's like, oh, okay. So we went down and she opened the door and she said, do you think I should go with you in case? And I was like, well, I'm sure it'll just yeah, open, but yeah, yeah. Just, for the sa- you yeah. know, just for the sake of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So she, so I climb in, then she climbs in after me and then we, we drive out and we get there and yeah, you have to use your fob to get out of the parking lot. Like, why? It's so weird. Like, why not just have like an automated thing that opens when you approach it? But anyway, this is fine. She, we fob it. We drive around. I drop her off in front of the building. Fine. Get going. Get on the freeway. Head back to Aldergrove. Um, you know, about 40 minutes later, driving along, just turning off the freeway um, towards the road that I take to get back into Aldergrove. And I suddenly hear this. What the hell? And I reach over. Nina's phone <laughs> is, in the, is in the truck. Like, oh, my God. So... Just veer off back <laughs> over the freeway, back around, heading back to Vancouver. Because you know, there's no way that any you can't you can't live your life without your phone nowadays. No, like no. this is impossible. So I just headed back, wrote to her. Said she said, then she wrote to me just as I was doing that, and she, she said, I think I left your phone, your, my phone in your car. And I said, Yep. Just I said heading back now. And unfortunately, there was road construction and everything, so so it took me a little while, but uh. I got back and gave her the phone. And then I was like, Hey, I'm gonna come back Wednesday give me that part yeah. and I'll just go to Ikea on my way down and then that'll save us some time so that's what I did no she was really easy to exchange it was really quite simple yeah they're good for that yeah and everything went well so I went over Wednesday and finished putting it together and uh, it seemed to go well cool how was your hot dog they're okay they're not you know, yeah, they're not great well you know they're no Costco dog well Costco dogs are like a work of art like they're a masterpiece yeah. of like hot dog 
but I had one of their uh, chickens the other day. It was very good. Like a rotisserie. Rotisserie one, yeah. But everyone has those. You can get them at Save On or Safeway and stuff like that. You can, but it's better. Oh, is that right? I find I find there. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. They're really good about like I mean the prices are really good for their hot dogs. A dollar fifty is insane for what you get for Yeah. Because it's not about the hot dog. It's about getting you in and making you happy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Of course. Nothing. Of course, yeah. yeah. It's just a loss leader. But I, I'm I'm willing to Buy that lost leader. I don't care. I understand. Same thing with the rotisserie chicken. Uh, Costco. <laughs> uh, and I don't really eat a lot of chicken, but it's like, okay, it's, I, I'm just feeling lazy. Yeah. Here we go. And now I'm stripping it down. Now I'm making soup. Now I'm doing the things. <laughs> now I'm doing all the things. It's fine. And the place smells nice because you got to put it in the slow cooker and it's, uh, mm. uh, it just smells nice for a long time. Um, but sorry, go ahead. What I like, a, what I prefer though, is that when you can, like when they have like the things that, to put the mustard on and, and add relish and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it feels like they just give you like some packets and then you, you have to squeeze them on. Relish in a packet stinks. Well, That's it, just a bad delivery system for relish. I don't think there's any good delivery system for relish, though. Because even if you have like in those squeeze bottles, you just end up like squeezing the tangy liquid out onto I your think, burger uh, or, or hot yeah. dog. I don't know. I think like maybe if it's in your uh, your McDonald's um, uh, dipping sauces kind of containers. Like I know it That'd feels be like that's almost too big, yeah. but that's what you want. You want to shake it. You want to shake yeah, it yeah. Your that thing. would be better. Yeah, well, like the little relish. This is like you got to use like four. <laughs> no. Your fingers are now soaking in vinegar. <laughs> it's just a yeah. nightmare. I mean, mustard. Yes, ketchup. Understood. Relish. Get lost. Well, you made a good impersonation of what it sounds like when you squeeze yep. the uh, bottle of <laughs> That's right. <laughs> my, uh, my getting a bed uh, uh, adventure was this. was uh, we, we decided to get a, a flippable mattress because we've not been happy with the ones that aren't flippable. Okay. What, uh, what, what's, the, what's the good thing about them being flippable? Uh, that uh, when they start to sink a little bit, you can flip them. I see. And then they, they're just like, yeah. they're better. But if yeah. it's like a, an unflippable mattress... Ah, oh, it's uh, starting to sink a little. It's uncomfortable. Well, get rid of it. Mm. You know, mm. there's it's 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 not as uh, you know. There's advantages and disadvantages to both. So, do you buy like the memory foam style mattresses? No, we, we just uh, built. Uh, no. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, long story short, no. Um, so we went to Mister Mattress. Uh, okay. You know, Never heard of it since uh, 1962, I think. Oh. Uh, but here's the problem. So we made the plan, Mister Mattress. Uh, here we go. Uh, and so I, I decided to walk down because it's not too far away. It's yeah. like about a 40 minute walk. And so I get there and then I realize I'm screwed because you can't carry a mattress back 40 minutes of walking. <laughs> but, uh, so I get to, I get the location. It's on the second floor, uh, uh, above an aquapause. Aquapause is a uh, rehab facility for, uh, dogs where they use, um, pools. Sure. And it's like, it's so sweet. That's a good idea. Yeah. It's really nice. Um, but the uh, Mr. Mattress, you got to take uh, the stairwell out, outside stairwell, wooden oh, stairwell. Oh my gosh! That's fairly wide. Yeah. And I just got there and I was just like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. One again because I'm still a little bit with the recovery from the concussion, but also yeah. um, I I'm terrified of stairs. Yeah. I'm terrified of stairs. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there must be an elevator. Nope, there's no elevator. <laughs> Well, they can't have this wooden. Do they have? Do they have a dog who you can ride up the stairs on? <laughs> yeah, if you could get a Sherpa, this would be great. <laughs> uh, and and Pia was already up there, and yeah. uh, it was like, oh, I can just, I can do it. And so I tried going up, and I, and I just yeah. started having a panic attack. I got like three quarters of the way up. Oh. I was like, fuck it, I gotta just like back up slowly. I backed up slowly, and there was like some weird stair that was jutting out, and I almost fell. It was just like, fuck this. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way this could be because. 
they can't have this in the winter. Yeah. Like, this can't be the only way up in the winter for them carrying mattresses up and down the stairs. Yeah. It can't in the rain. And then, like, there's got to be ice at some point. Yeah. What, how the hell does this work? And it's just, it's been there for that amount of time since before people gave a fuck. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so I just had to say to, like, Pia, I trust you. Let's get the thing. And she got the Bacall. Because they were the named Lauren after, Bacall? Yeah, it was named after uh, actresses, these different mattresses. That's nice. And then, yeah, so today so today came. And, uh, you know, it's it's such a weird mascot. So is got. it called the Bacall because the mattress is 17 years old when it starts its career? Yeah. And okay. something about, you know how to whistle, don't you? I, <laughs> references i can think of is that right you know how to whistle yeah you know how to whistle steve just put your lips together and blow he does it after she leaves though yeah she is that is a good movie to have it's really too bad that it's not uh who's the actress from uh casablanca ingrid bergman bergman yeah Yeah. if it was the bergman uh, you're getting on that mattress because if you don't you'll regret it maybe not today (laughs) maybe not tomorrow (laughs) that's right and they're gonna get this hilla beanbag chair with it Anyway, uh, so today, yeah, the, yeah. First of all, the mascot is like disturbing. It's this mattress that's lying back. It's almost like he's lying on himself. He's got a large nose, and it's like, <laughs> hmm, you don't look comfortable to lie on. Yeah, like, yeah. Are you? Should I flip you? And yeah. then you're good. So he sounds like a repurposed hot dog mascot. Yeah, a little bit. He yeah. is. He is very much like, uh, like a, yeah. I was trying to think like Mister. Oh, Mr. Skin Wiener, Mr. Wiener Skins. <laughs> Mr. Skin, the, uh, the the website? Yeah, Mr. Skin, the website, and also a hot dog manufacturer. <laughs> what was the name? What is the name of the uh, the kind of semi-disturbing name for a hot dog vendor that's like Mr. Mr. Tube Steak? Mr. Tube Steak, that's right. <laughs> we just talked about that He's very like disturbing. weeks ago. Name. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, uh, the, the truck comes up today. I had to get up early because they were coming early. So uh, the truck comes up today, and they've... They've really, they've just hand-painted the mascot on the side. Mm. Not well. It's, <laughs> so a, it's a funky-looking truck. It's a funky-looking truck. Yeah. Uh, but, and so this guy comes out, and he's, he's sweet, but he's very nebbishy. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, so we got your uh, bed and everything? And like, oh, okay. Uh, and then there's another skinny guy. <laughs> yeah. And the, the other skinny guy has to carry the mattress on his own. Mm. This other guy ain't helping him at all. So he's carrying old mattress like up my stairs and then up the stairs and i just felt like oh i feel bad for this guy and then i was thinking this guy's got to carry mattresses up those stairs yeah like and down like he did this earlier yeah holy shit how many times and uh, maybe they have a hoist in the back they just let's hope let's <laughs> hope because uh oof. uh but yeah so far so good it seems quite nice we've got the uh doors open upstairs to uh you know in case there's any off gassing needs to be done you oh know, is that right maybe who knows? Might yeah. as well not I don't not know. risk it. And so there, yeah. So we got a, a, a nice mattress, and I was like, "Oh, that's really relaxing." Did you lay on it to see what it I felt did. like? I did. Oh. And I was like, "Oh, it's." Was it like laying on Lauren Bacall? <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, it was. It was hard, and it didn't care. And I was like, "Yeah, this feels like Lauren Bacall." Mm. I was like next to Lauren Bacall. She would not care that I was there at all, and I uh, there's, there's no give. That sounds correct. Yeah, I don't know too many movies that she was in other than To Have and Have Not, and she was. In a uh, Rocker Files uh, episode. Yeah. She did do some TV like later on, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I could look up Lauren McCall. No, it's fine. Uh, so I was like, oh, this is so great. And then my cat uh, came, came up because we had to put him in another room uh, for when the guy was there. And yeah. Like, Ow, let me out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so like, I'll walk with, so I was walking with him around the house and he said, you know what? Today's a good day to go visit the house next door. 
I'm like, what? Shit! You don't visit the house next door. And he went to visit the what, house. What, like next. he darted out the door? Uh, no, he was walking with me, as oh. we do. But yeah. we have like kind of a routine where we just walk together, like around the house. And we walk in the front yard, walk in the backyard. Okay. He explores things. He gets mad at uh, another cat's, uh, you know, uh, has been there. Leavings? Uh, uh, not even leaving. Yeah, leavings is in scent and whatever. Yeah. I don't know this guy. All right, well, I'll show him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we just like take a casual walk. And he's, you know, it's always been fine. And then he decided, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going next door. Yoink. And just went next door. I was like, shit, I can't. I don't want to go in the backyard of this. Ah. So I'm, I'm the kind of going with the fence, trying to convince him to come back. And yeah, yeah. Like, eh? Anytime I go for it. Why'd you sleep in the mattress? Ugh. So, so annoyed by him. So annoyed by his betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. But then, uh, you have to ask yourself, what would Lauren Bacall do? Whistle. <laughs> Yeah, I think that would be. Uh, now I do want to see what she uh, what she did. Her <laughs> whole career, I think she was. I think she was only seventeen when she acted in To Have and Have Not. So you, so you just said before, yeah. Was that a scandal? Or was I think that just. Oh well, that was a that's weird. The way it is. That was a weird time because I mean, she she and Humphrey Bogart became an item at that time. How old so. was Humphrey Bogart? He was like in his let's say forties. Oh, damn, that's no good. <laughs> okay. Hmm. All right, so we got. Uh, Two guys from Milwaukee. Well, she did The Big Sleep, which we were talking about. Oh, The Big Sleep, of course, yes. Uh, Dark Passage, Key Largo. Oh, and I've seen all these movies. How, How to Marry this? a Millionaire. I haven't seen that one. Blood Alley. Oh. Blythe Spirit. Blythe Spirit? It must but be that an, was a TV movie. I was going to say, that must be an American adaptation. Yeah, and then you get into TV here, and yeah, she's in Dr. Kildare. Mm. Oh, she was in The Shootist. And of course, yeah, Murder on the Orient mm. Express. Oh, uh, okay. There's that, and then, uh, and then uh, some other things as yeah. life goes on, and you got to pay the bills, and... <laughs> Holy shit, she was in a movie and oh my god, she was in Family Guy in 2014. Wow. Oh no. Okay. All right. Um, so she uh, uh, she was in a cartoon with a famous uh, cartoon dog. What, what 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 cartoon do you think she was in? She was in a uh, for the cartoon dog? Yeah, in uh, I'll give you 2008. She was uh, in a uh, cartoon um, uh, with a, a famous, very famous cartoon dog. This dog has had a career that's almost as long as hers. Not quite as long as hers. Yeah, yeah. But like Marmaduke decades. or something like that? Uh, oh, much more famous than Marmaduke. Oh, much more famous than Marmaduke. Yeah, it's a famous cartoon dog is in like uh, animated uh, dog. Scooby-Doo, I guess. Yeah, Scooby-Doo. Okay. She was in Scooby-Doo and the Goblin King and she played the Grand Witch. Hmm. Oh, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. She was also uh, in The Sopranos. Oh, okay. And in that show, she played Lauren Bacall. <laughs> that's when you've made it well you know what they were looking for a Lauren Bagall type well, I guess they were and they found it but I, I wonder if she met David Chase when, when she was working on Rockford Files because he worked on Rockford Files oh okay yeah that would make sense before, before he moved on to the Night Stalker oh Night Stalker nice <laughs> okay and what uh, what song has she mentioned mentioned it? the uh, we had it all just like Bogey and Bacall I don't know starring in our own Late Late Show on the road to Key Largo. The song was Key Largo, everybody. <laughs> Bertie Higgins. Who did it? Bertie Higgins. Bertie Higgins. Good old Bertie Higgins. It was a hit song. It was a hit song by Bertie Higgins. He must have been a one-hit wonder if that was a hit. Oh, big talk about Bertie Higgins. <laughs> uh, let's find Let's find out if Dave is correct about that. He's an American singer-songwriter. He had a uh, top 40 album, uh, Just Another Day in Paradise, in 1982. Key okay. Largo was the hit. Yep. And... No, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's all they got. That's it's it. that one little moment. That one moment. Well, you know, 
better than me. That's right. He beat me. Yeah, I've had no hits. Followed like another day in paradise. Sure. Casablanca. Okay. And uh, trying to really trying to, uh, <laughs> to get that trying to get that hit again. Oh, another movie maybe. Well, it did become a hit. The song in Pacific Rim countries mm. uh, and Key Largo reached number one status in Canada and Australia. Canada, let me down. What won't we play? <laughs> but yeah, it was one of the big one-hit wonders of the eighties. You were absolutely correct. There you go. I never heard it in my life, but. Okay, I'll believe you. You have been, yes, you have, because you've been in a mall. I, again, when you say sometimes that you haven't see, heard a song, I'm just like, you have, you just aren't aware that you have. Okay. Like, you've walked into a store. I actually don't don't hear music very, very, I don't hear music in malls, but. Okay. I don't hear music, I have trouble hearing uh, stuff over over background noise. Okay. So, like, in a restaurant, I can't hear the music very well. Um, so, I often don't hear music in malls. Fair enough. Also, I'm such a uh, daydreamer that uh, I miss I miss most sounds that are <laughs> happening around me. Oh, and uh, just real real quick uh, on this, uh, did you hear about Did you hear the Bob Saget news that he died about how he died? No. Oh, so uh, my my wife told me this yesterday, and it was like, oh, hmm, that's chilly. Um, which was uh, he uh, fell uh, and then went ah, it's nothing. And went back to went back to sleep. Oh. And that was it. He had a brain bleed, and he died from that. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So as someone who had a fall uh, and was telling people, I'm fine, but luckily I had uh, enough people around me go, no, 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 no. No, no, no. That is good. Yeah. Go get this checked out. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that apparently is what what happened Mm. was he had a fall in his home and hit the back of his head. I'm not trying to make this about me, but it was just hard hearing that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, then you rush to like see symptoms of brain bleed. Um, <laughs> Do and, you? And it and it did make sense because like right. when I went to the emergency about a week afterwards, uh, they went like, you know what, you got through the week. Yeah. That's fine because sure. that's when this will that's what's all hit you. Yeah. But uh, just to you know not to, to make someone's death a uh, you know uh, an educational thing, but. Uh, uh, get checked out if you fall down mm. and you hit your head. Yeah, because you know, yeah, that's what if really you bon- what if you bonk your head? Well, if it's funny, then it's okay. <laughs> okay, good. Whew, I'm fine if, then. If you see little birds and yeah. uh, and and stars, and it's then it's uh, then it's okay. Yesterday at work, I bonked my head, so I'm, I'm sure mm. I'm fine. Okay, I'm sure I'm fine. I went to stand up, and there was a, a door over top of my head, and I I bonked it. So I'm sure it's fine though. Okay, I'm still here. Yes, you are. Which yeah, is the important are. thing. If you have any uh, symptoms, dizziness, uh, pupils are a little uh, not the same. Uh, you know, basically any, di- you know, if you're feeling uh, boof, uh, then go get checked out. Yeah, and, uh, that's good. That's good out. advice, though. It is good advice. I probably, I probably lost. should have made a, a point of having going to first aid over it. I wasn't terrible though, but I did. It was like a bad enough hit that it like hurt my neck because it kind of compressed my neck as okay. I was. I was trying to stand up and I, I forgot that there was a a door over top of me. It's worth it. Yeah, it is worth a trip to the first aid and just mm-hmm. do the basic yeah, things of like quick, follow quick. the finger, follow the finger. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, anyone out there listening, uh, take care of yourselves because, you know, that was a lousy way to lose uh, Bob Saget. So let's, uh, let's be careful. Yeah, that's, well, you're exactly right. That seems like, I thought it was going to be something horrible. I mean, it's horrible that he died, but I thought it was going to be something like, you know, kind of awful to hear. <laughs> I don't know that that's not awful, but you know what I mean? Like some sort of thing that he was, yeah. he was trying to masturbate while, while hanging himself or something. And just, oh, why? What a way to go. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's good. 
You don't know. You, you probably you get to the afterlife, and then all these guys just going, "Look, worth it." <laughs> like, really? I'm like, yep. Yeah. All right. It's well, like, whatever you say. It's like that story, that Del Close story in that mag- in that comic book that he wrote. There's Wasteland? Wasteland. And there's that story where that there was a supposedly fabulous drug that you could take that would kill you, but also would give you like this amazing experience. Yeah. And would you take it? That's, it's, a, it's a question. He asked a question. Well, I'd say take it at the last second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it would stretch out the, the last seconds of your life. Yeah, the very la- yeah, that would be that would be the time to do it. It's just like, okay, now. <laughs> so get your head checked out and don't jump off a balcony. Those are our two Please tips. Please don't. Um, Dave. Yes. Is it, is, it, is it the time of the show where we talk about uh, things of the past? Where we reminisce. Where we'd normally do that. Oh, but are we not doing that this I'm time? sorry. This week I was rather busy. Okay. Uh, with things. and So it was, uh, it's no vampires, so it's uh, all rats, no bats. <laughs> it's all rats, no bats. Yeah, sorry, everyone. That's fine. We, we have, uh, we ha- our house was invaded this week um, because they need to remove the drywall that has lead in it. Uh, lead paint. You literally have to get the lead out. <laughs> Apparently... It's been fine. No one said anything. We've been living there for many, many years. But apparently the downstairs walls had lead paint on them. And so they brought in a crew of people who have to wear hazmat suits. And right now our basement is taped off. I have no access to, to my shower, which is great because we have no bathtub as well. Because that's that project is taking forever, as you probably are aware. And, uh, yeah, we are... Um, we are. Um, I'm really hoping that uh, if not today, then tomorrow they'll they'll you know because all they have to do is like take off the drywall from two rooms. Okay. Like the laundry room, everything has to go out from the laundry room, and everything has to go out from the kitchen at a certain height, as far as like as far as I know. So, <sighs> and then next <laughs> week they're going to be coming in to tear out all the bookshelves and stuff downstairs, which is kind of more depressing oh. because you know I built those things. Are you going to rebuild, or what are you going to do? Uh, well, I guess they have to. Okay. They have to fix whatever they do. All right. We'll see. Then you get your books back. What's that? Then you get book, books back. Yeah, that's the That'd part nice. to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't want those books back now. <laughs> I'm used to not having them. Clear them out. No, just kidding. I'll start again. Start collecting again. That's an interesting thing. Um, you know, uh, a, a friend of mine who, uh, you know, you know as well, I think maybe consider a friend, um, had a storage locker and was obsessive about collecting, you know, all the stuff in the storage locker, including journals, like really detailed journals of yeah. your life. Yeah. And then there was a fire and it destroyed it all. Mm. And uh, it was a relief. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah, they felt they felt OK afterwards. That was gone. But they had to keep these intricate journals on the, about their life and all the details of each day and what happened. And then when the fire burned it. I was like, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. There it goes. I guess it's kind of freeing for that sort of. Prison, like it's sort of almost a prison of of uh, of. Yeah, you can't get rid of them yourself. You can't but, get rid of them, but also you have to keep doing them because you've done them for this long. That's right. Yeah. But suddenly you have this like absolute like cutoff, you know, like this. Nope, they're all gone. There's no need for you to start doing this if you don't want to. Yeah, I'm free. It is interesting right now. I'm sort of trying to write a series of stories about my history with CBC, and the one trick is just figuring out dates. Okay. And so I have been looking in. A lot of old stuff and for, for dates of when things occurred and, and what have you. Uh, but I'm reading Rick Mercer's uh, book right now, Talking to Canadians, which is a memoir. And there's all these parallels 
where like where he's talking about and then he meets this person and i'm like oh i worked with that person later on and so okay i know exactly the time this was yeah and then there's a yeah the time period where they're talking about uh did we talk about this on last week's show no nope. um where uh he's talking with mary walsh uh about uh doing a follow-up to codco okay and um and uh, at the time you but he wasn't to... a, he wasn't part of codco though was no, he? he wasn't okay yeah um so yeah because one of the members of codco uh, was uh, sick sick with hiv at the time and the other person was uh, another guy from there was sort of helping him out and doing other things yeah but mary walsh wanted to do more stuff and kathy jones did as well yeah um and so yeah they ended up selling this this show but at that time you and i were pitching a show to cbc yes as well and you know the the story that we keep telling is that you know, it was it was kind of getting the the go through to go to go ahead, but we would probably have had to have moved to Halifax mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, and then and we were pitching it to um, uh, this fella who uh, is best known as uh, as a member of the Frantics as Mister Canoehead. Yes, you know, so it's just this real surreal thing. I was like, oh, yeah. you're talking and just hearing this voice. <laughs> uh, but then, nope, uh, they decided to go with this hour's twenty two minutes, but. You know, if that didn't work, then hey, we're you know we're next up uh, in the lineup. Still waiting, still waiting. As it's gone on for twenty eight years, <laughs> uh, but it's just interesting hearing him talking about that. Just yeah. going, oh, this is gonna fuck us up over here. Though it's probably worked out for the best. Uh, <laughs> but it's interesting yeah. hearing that, like you know, when Kathy Jones heard what the show was going to be about, she just burst into tears. She didn't want to do it. She hated <laughs> the idea of doing a show about the news. And he went, yeah, and that was the case for the next twenty years. Every time she's like, I hate, I hate doing the show. It's about the news. I don't like the news. I'm like, she's funny. still on it though, right? Oh yeah, but Mary Walsh is not. I think she's, I think she's quit many times, but she's never quit. Yeah, Mary Walsh has gone from it from a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I'm, I'm, I'm right now just trying to, uh, not trying to. I'm, I'm fooling around right now with different ways of telling these stories that connect different incidents together because I don't want to do them in a linear way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's all there's all these like aspects of things that that are very very surreal, uh, but all are connected and all are real and and it's uh, it's it's interesting yeah. putting this together right now. Like there's there's one thing that's uh, you know how so when when we got the no uh, for that, I was like, <laughs> well, I thought at the time at least we don't have to move to Halifax. Yeah, and then like five years later, I'm in Halifax <laughs> and I'm working on. You know, uh, street sense. Sure. And, uh, and, and every day, you know, I'm walking through, uh, this cemetery and often through snow and going, oh, it's so freezing cold. And so, and then uh, walking past, uh, the graves of 120 Titanic victims. Yes. You know, and so it's hard to like think, oh, it's cold. No, I guess it's not that cold. (laughs) I feel like a bit of a dick. And then look across, Mm. uh, this like little body of water. And then there's a Kathy Jones. Uh, recording a 22 minutes piece yeah. just over there and just like oh yeah wait I wait she's the reason I'm not doing but I am hmm anyway, it's sure cold I know it's not as cold as nah, this is all weird they, they already had their foot in the door it's fine they, they yeah. probably deserved it more they than needed us. it well I don't know deserve but they did need it more <laughs> well Kaiko was a very well known it was a very important company, show. you know, sketch company. Yeah, they would tour here. I remember they yeah, would I remember t- coming tour many times. at uh, City Stage. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then 
I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the show because I'm not a fan of... It wasn't for you, yeah. Well, this, I'm not a fan of stage comedy uh, translated to TV screens. I find it's too broad and very noisy and and this doesn't play well to me. But uh, hey. Yeah, there was, there was a show that was a huge influence to Rick Mercer, which was, I think it was called... Let me make sure I'm getting this right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was called yeah I'm not getting this right but it, it was called the Grand Can- Canadian Band okay and it was a show about a band uh, and it was a re- it really was a band but not like it was a made up band yeah, for, yeah. for yeah. the show and um, and uh, I think Newfoundland at the time had three hundred thirty thousand people and the viewership was about two hundred fifty thousand people for this show it was the most popular show yeah you know uh, Newfoundland had ever seen yeah and uh, and two of the guys from Codco up until the Republic of Doyle there you go and two of the guys from Codco played like, all the comedy characters so they were just the biggest rock stars that well, they yeah. were except yeah. for the rock stars in the band who were this amazing band that could play contemporary songs play their own songs yeah play funny songs. And it it was the show that like everyone in Newfoundland watched was this enormous influence. Mm-hmm. But it was it was interesting hearing about this because I've never heard of this yeah, show no, before. That's exactly. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, Codco makes sense, which makes Twenty Two Minutes makes sense, which yeah. makes all these other stuff make sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was interesting. It was like, oh, okay, that's something from being on this side of the country we we had no awareness of, but it couldn't have been bigger over there. And you wouldn't have that now. You would have enough connection that someone would send clips of mm-hmm. it like on the mm-hmm. internet but you could have your own enormous like the way he described it was if elvis came to tour uh he elvis would open would have opened for the great great canadian band yeah something. yeah that's interesting yeah I, I was sort of thinking when you're talking about that that you know it's a show that I, a radio show that i love a lot of course the great eastern we've talked about it many yes. times but what's interesting about that to me is that it does kind of you know, like when people talk about comedy and, and Canadian comedy and how it's it kind of a, a mirror of American culture, you know, because... The wonderful grand band, sorry. About okay, that. that's fine. It's kind of a mirror of American culture and, you know, because we we drink deep from American culture, but we still are kind of removed from it. And so we, we look at it slightly differently. We're not, we're, not, we're not embedded in it the way Americans are. And that's kind of the same with Newfoundland, though. They're not embedded in Canada. You know, so they look at Canada the way we look at america you know what i mean so they're so something like the great eastern to me is great because it's it's about canada through the eyes of newfoundland which is kind of an interesting way to you know this is sort of different because mm-hmm. they're they are separate from us they're the, you know they're the last to join they didn't they were in a canadian province until 1949 you know it was very it was a very divisive yeah. unpopular thing to do you know and it's such a it's such a political it's so yeah. It's 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 so distant yet so much what Canada is. They're both things at the same time. They're separate, but yeah. So, and yeah, everyone's got a political opinion. It feels like you're being stereotypical saying that, but like no, always. Like, yeah. You know, just in general, it feels like that about the Maritimes. It's like, sure. It's everything is intensified, incredibly intensified. It's funny. Something you were saying earlier. It uh, reminded me. I was watching a, a little uh, clip of. Uh, Sarah Silverman talking, and she was talking about being the child of of uh, Holocaust survivors. Okay. And saying, and this is something I often say to not, I don't talk about Holocaust, but this is something I often say to people, that, one of my workmates. But um, she was saying that it's really difficult because your your problems aren't serious because you didn't go through the Holocaust. Okay. So if you're upset about a boy, you shouldn't be. Because 
you weren't in the Holocaust. That's what a real problem is. And she says, you know, it really invalidates your feelings because mm-hmm. they are real feelings. Yeah. You know, they are real concerns. But they're belittled because you weren't in the Holocaust. You know, there's no way that what you are going through right now is as much, is as important as what those people went through in the camps, you know. And so I thought that was really interesting because I have a friend at work and he'll often be like, he'll like make fun of someone's concern, you know, like first world problems or whatever, you know, like it's nothing compared to like someone in, you know, Malaysia who's working in a garment factory or something. And I'll be like, yeah, but everyone's problems are their problems. Like, yeah, there's nothing, no one, when you're in the middle of a problem, there's not, it's not relative. It's your problem, you know? Like, even if you're a wealthy person and you crash your car and break it, that's still a problem and it's upsetting to you. You just can't walk by and go, oh, you broke your Porsche. Poor baby. Guess you'll have to go buy another one. No, it's a problem. He's sad. He wrecked his car, you know? Like, it's still sad. There was these... Uh, this is weird to me, that kind of, like, uh, way to, like, invalidate anyone's concerns just by some sort of weird hierarchy of what's yeah. terrible, you know? Yeah, someone's always got it more painful than you someone's always got it yeah something something someone's always falling off a cliff <laughs> and you're better off than them but that doesn't mean you well, don't have j- a headache. there's jagged rocks at the bottom there are jagged rocks at the bottom there was a <laughs> there was four actresses including brie larson who recently did like uh you know promotion for nfts and it was like ugh. um <laughs> and yeah and and people really got on them about this and they're yeah. like uh you know, uh, you know, uh, and, and 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 someone who's like a writer that I know was asking, like, why would why would these women, you know, put their names behind these things, you know, and and my th- my thought on it was, oh, because they went through the pandemic as well and mm-hmm. probably had about two and a half years worth of work go away. Yeah, yeah, it just went poof. <laughs> yeah, and you know, they can't probably say anything because they're celebrities yeah and so you can't go things are hard for me yeah yeah but it's like you still have to pay your rent and you just lost probably two years worth of income yeah and like someone's now going listen we're going to give you you know it's a scam obviously yeah and, a few, and, and, and yeah. boo on them well as long but as like, you're near the top of the pyramid get it get in fast everybody and, and there you are and yeah you will fuck up the planet a bit but you know <laughs> such and such <laughs> oh, and well. such and such but yeah you can't you can't complain because you know uh, you're a celebrity. And it's like, yeah, but they're all female actresses in Hollywood. How's that? Is that great? Is things great? Are they yeah. all really, really rich? Yeah. And things are super great all the time. And they're guaranteed work forever, right? I was just going to say, as a woman, yeah, there's a shelf life to their yeah. career. Yeah. <laughs> things are great, right? Yeah, you're yeah. going to work forever. Brie yeah. Larson, you're going to work forever, right? You know, there's going to be no problems with that in like 10 years yeah. trying to find some work. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, but again, you're not allowed to complain. The people who are the you can't you're not allowed to complain. That's uh, they're someone to complain about <laughs> for sure. You think you have problems? Yeah, I was just thinking you're a millionaire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bought a million dollar house. Now I got to pay for it. So I do kind of need some money. Like it's not cheap to live where I work. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we had we had that thing you know uh, a couple of years ago just before the pandemic where um, we had a person from Revenue Canada. Uh, uh, look at a video we did not make of the house that we live in that okay. we rent for a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then she came after us hard. Yeah. And just went, well, you shouldn't be living there. You shouldn't be living like that. That's not right. And, you know, I, so you should give us, uh, all the money that you owe right, right away, like right now, like right now. And we're going to freeze everything that you have. Yeah, until it's all paid. Like, oh, how's that going to get you your money? We're now just like <laughs> fucked. You know, how's that going to happen? But it was yeah. this this resent, like yeah. literally resentment yeah. 
this and we talked to our accountant here. about that, and she was like, "Yeah, they she literally hates you <laughs> because of this video." That again, I had nothing to do with. It was just a, a video that this real estate company made about the house to try and sell the house. Yeah, yeah. And so it looked all like ooh, the, ooh, and so like <laughs> yeah, ah, oh, it was just like. There, there is that thing where, like, you, you, you feel a bit like, oh, you can't complain about anything because then someone will, like, come at you. Mm-hmm. Come at you. And it's like, I'm sure there was, oh, oh, this is awful, but I'm sure there was people in the Holocaust who thought, you know, other people in the Holocaust should stop complaining because they don't have it that bad. I'm sure. It's just human nature. Human nature existed. You know, when you hear stories, people say there was jokes. There was this. There yeah, was that. Yeah. There was all this. Because there was. But, Yeah. It's ugh, ugh. You gotta live. Ugh. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta. Yeah. Ugh. Ah, oh, poor Sarah Silverman. Where is she now? Oh, she's doing well. Good. For her. All right. <laughs> uh, it's <clears throat> what's sad about Sarah Silverman is um almost all of her material that's played on Team There's Funny Ten Forty, the stand-up comedy station, isn't her stand-up. It's all prank calls, which I hate. Prank oh, phone is calls it from uh, Crank Anchors. I don't know. Was Probably she, Crank Anchors. Was she on there with Jimmy yeah. Kimmel and people like yeah. that? Yeah. Awful. Yeah, just terrible. Because everyone, everyone who gets those calls and reacts to them are all kind people who are trying to help someone who yeah. feels like they need help. Yeah, the assholes don't get fooled by this stuff or don't care about it. They're like, "What you're you're phoning about? What? Fuck off! Hang but up." You're, but you're Jimmy Kimmel, and your hero growing up was David Letterman. Mm. And David Letterman would do, you know, now I'm going to work the drive through or I'm yeah, going to yeah. go up to, you know, yeah. or just interviewing people. And yeah, the person is, you know, your straight person. Mm-hmm. And you're, you, you serve the audience. Yeah. You do not serve this person in any way. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, where are you going to go uh, for a next level thing if you're Jimmy Kimmel? Well, you know, prank phone calls. It's the same. It's the same thing. We're going to go for the, for the straights yeah. that are out there. I, I Sarah like Silverman it. is someone who, boy, howdy, has evolved on humor and <laughs> has and not not as in a, you know, good for her, but mm-hmm. as in like evolved as in a no, she's just keeps growing and pivoting and turning and, and seems to be knowing what she's doing for the time that she's in more than a lot of other comedians who just go, what the hell's going on? It's just a joke. It's just a fucking joke. I'm yeah. like, yeah, well, she did the offensive yeah. jokes that were probably more offensive than your jokes but <laughs> you know she seems to be able to talk about them and you know and, and you can actually question her about them and you can and she doesn't just go hey it's a joke shut up you're just too sensitive you just uh, yeah it's like no no she'll actually get some meat off of you guys talking and it'll be interesting yeah like she can be a freaking disney princess i re- yeah i really liked her uh communities and cars getting coffee because she's one of the few people that called jerry Jerry Seinfeld out on his bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, where she'd just be like, come on, you know, do you really think that, you know, to stuff like that, you know, she'd, I like that. I thought that was really good because most people are, you know, either they like him, they're friends with him. So they're not going to be like, come on, <laughs> let's calm down here, Jerry or whatever, you know, or they're just like, they're in, in awe because they're, or you know, they know it's not worth the fight or it's not worth it. Because the like, if you say something, then they're going to, you know, going to, going to fight back. And it's gonna, you're probably not going to win this fight because <laughs> it's their show. Yeah. So why why even bother? Just go with it. And and here we are. And here we are. Yeah. I was hearing this story, and I'm forgetting who the comedian was. Was saying like the first time they did the Tonight Show, how nice Jay Leno was, and how like after the show, he was like, well, "What are you up to? What are you doing?" And uh, you know, I was just, "I'm not. I'm not doing much. Just came to just do this thing." Oh, okay. Do you want to come do a set over at 
you know, da da da. I'm doing this set thing. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Okay, well we got some time to kill. You wanna, you know, get something to eat? Yeah, okay. So went, they got like a burger or whatever. Hey, you wanna see my cars? And so they went, <laughs> went to his, you know, enormous garage of cars, yeah, which was big. ridiculously insane. Yeah, yeah. And you know, spent the whole night with Jay Leno and doing all this stuff, and it was this really sweet story. And then it, it sounded like a sweet story. And at the end of it, you know, so and that's why I think Jay Leno's just this really really sweet guy. And at the end of it, I was like, he sounds lonely. <laughs> sounds like you know yeah. he didn't have anything really going on that night and just like do i see my cars it's just it's such a a kid thing of just like yeah. literally let's go in the backyard do you want to see my cars and you take out your hot wheels collection <laughs> and you dump them there but say you're a millionaire yeah, times yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what is it well i got all the cars and like, all right fair yeah. enough fair enough yeah that's kind of some well I mean, I'm just blanking on who the comedian is, and I'm sorry about that. But yeah, I'm I mean, sure, I'm sure Jay Leno is an, a nice person. That doesn't mean that he, that he doesn't, that doesn't have, get lonely, that, or that doesn't get lonely, or doesn't have unpleasant parts to himself. You know that. Yeah, and also you know. he wants to hang out with comedians. Yeah, that's a comfort thing as well. Like for sure, he knows, like you know, you're just gonna be joking around for the night, and that's mm-hmm. a comfort zone. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. not helping you move. <laughs> yes, you're right. Jay Leno isn't. He might buy the pizza and beer, but he's not gonna yeah, come yeah. over and help and he you. He likes move pizza anything. and beer. Like yeah. he likes the food that we're doing. He likes being in his cars. He yeah. likes hanging with comedians. He likes doing stand up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're you're in the zone of all the things that he likes, which is which is fine. It's not necessarily a being a. A nice guy thing. It's uh, you know they are, but it was it was a weird, not a weird story, but it was a story that you know was interpreted as you know he was just a sweet guy who did this. Yeah, but you were in doing the things that he liked, and that's fine. Yeah, people are yeah. If you you know we're all going to the sports the thing that we like together. Great. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, what happens when he's doing the thing that he, he doesn't like doing? How's he, how's he then? <laughs> that's it's like all right. That's a different thing. Yes, yeah. that's right. Not to not to say what he what he did wasn't wasn't nice. Um, I'm going to go to the mailbag because it's a bag of mail. It is a bag of mail. We ask uh, we ask questions of the week. That's what we do. We do. And you know what? You listen one million times. <laughs> the same person. One million times. I just want to say that that's all our shows that we've heard. not just all not a of our Dragon. shows, but it's still quite a lot. Yes, it's still I'm quite not. A lot. I'm quite proud of it. I'm not putting it down. You're not putting it down. It's a million. It's a million. Um, and we charge a dollar a podcast, right? I wish. Oh. <laughs> you can buy one of those cars from Jay Leno. We have to learn to monetize or something. Last week, we asked, what was the last thing you yelled at our podcast? And sub-question from our friend Brent, uh, if you could leave, live in any other country, where would you live? Now, here's the thing. I'm going to be reading these. I think I'm going to be able to, to read these, but here's the last kind of dregs, at least I hope, okay. of my hit to the head, not a brain bleed yeah. uh, situation is um, looking at screens for an extended period of time makes me feel a little bit ill, okay. uh, but I probably can do this. And uh, I can't, if I bend my head slightly forward, that makes me feel ill. Just a little bit forward. I can look mm. down, no yeah. problem. I can look up, no problem. I can look straight ahead, no problem. Yeah. Slightly forward, ooh. And I have to... <laughs> Go slightly forward for this. Yeah. So, there we are. It means I can't really look at my phone, which has been interesting. So I haven't really been looking at my phone lately. Okay. And so if anyone's been trying to reach me, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Lisa. Hey, you know Lisa. I do know Lisa. Isn't she the co-host of Horse Mysteries? She is the co-host of So how many Horse episodes Mysteries. have you got? Just one? No, we've actually got two up. What? And everyone, we're available in iTunes now. So, uh, or Apple Podcasts as it's called. So if you'd like to leave a review 
uh, Horse Mysteries on Apple Podcasts. Very good. And also on Clip Clodify. <laughs> Clip Clopify? Yep. Love All it. Horse Podcast <laughs> Lisa writes, I'll just answer question number two, which would either be Scotland up in the north, uh, maybe Orkney, or else second place goes to New Zealand, which I've never been to. But my dad's sister, a father, and grandfather were all born there. And I grew up with tons of stories about New Zealand. Uh, and our house was adorned with many paintings of various places in New Zealand. Either would be good, I think. So there you go. You couldn't live here? Live there. Scotland, yes. Scotland. It's a wonderful place. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I, I, you know, it, I think it's rainy. I think it's a rainy place. With a lot of Scotch mist yeah. floating That's around in the air. You know. But... I, I'm a kind of a fan of rain, but I think personally, I think it would be a little more rugged than we're used to as some softies living here in the, on the West coast in a, in a, a rainy place, but it's a temperate rainforest, mm-hmm. meaning it doesn't get too cold too often. Sometimes it does, but and, not often. Uh, the ducks there are often millionaires <laughs> and they have canes with uh, diamonds on them. So, you know, they're not good. Yeah. And so we're spats. Chris Roberts writes, hi, you fellers. Speaking of Scotland. They are. And uh, that's why I'm doing this Scottish accent. <laughs> Hiya, fellas, Sorry. and sneakers everywhere. Uh, I wouldn't say I yell at Sneaky Dragon exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, most sure. of my yelling these days is reserved for good old-fashioned broadcast news. Oh, that mainstream <laughs> media. Don't get me started. I don't know if you've been following British current affairs lately, but believe me, it's the only sane response. Mm. Yeah. No, I, uh, I hear you. I hope, I hope things are okay. Uh, true, I will occasionally attempt to answer a few quiz questions on the show or chip in with words of friendly encouragement on those rare occasions when a particular uh, just am I saying that right? Mojust. Mojust. Oh, I could go with that with some roast beef yeah. and some mojust. Yeah. Oh, man, let's get some of that after this. Or a bit of mindless trivia <laughs> is uh, proving elusive. So uh, it was that uh, this week. Having restrained myself several times during Dave's tale of bathroom misadventures, <laughs> I finally gave in and said aloud a single word, Stop cock! And boy, am I glad there was no one around to hear me. That's, I love the idea of him saying that in a Scottish accent. Sure. Um, I taught English in the Basque country of northern Spain in my 20s wow. and would happily live there again. Both Diane and I are also greatly attracted to India, and it would be very interesting to immerse ourselves in that amazing culture or blend of cultures. Coolest of all, though, would be to spend a few years on a small boat visiting here and there, then upping anchor and sailing off to wherever the mood might take us. I'm sure the reality would be a lot more challenging than the way I picture it, but a guy can dream. Yep. And a classic show this week, folks. Kept me entertained start to finish. Frequently laughing out loud. Still loving the top fives, too. <laughs> uh, I don't remember if you've done food songs already. Dave? I don't if think not, so. If not, it might be fun. I already got one in mind. Lollipop, 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 lollipop. <laughs> Didn't do it right. Lollipop. But um bum bum. Speaking of uh, the person who we named songs for last week, and by yeah. we, I mean you. Yes. Uh, Louise writes. Oh. Thank you, Dave, for the birthday playlist. I oh, especially welcome. enjoyed the beach boyish sound of Consortium's song. Mm. I couldn't quite make out the lyrics, but luckily songwriter Jeff Simpson posted them, along with a video montage of band photos on his YouTube channel. Oh, cool. There is lots of groovy and cosmic imagery, <laughs> such as, just to please Louise, I would buy the breeze that's cooling her mind. Right on. <laughs> right on, man. Uh, the Raymark song got me wondering if the singer... 
uh, could do all those rock screams without damaging his voice. Uh, I've often wondered about that. <laughs> that could be discussed on Horse Mysteries podcast, the one you were speaking of. H-O-A-R-S-E. Very nice. I did make a silly pun on that, did I not? Yeah, good stuff. Dad jokes. Last thing I yelled mentally at the podcast, <laughs> Joan Fontaine. The Orson Welles Jane Eyre movie is an interesting slice of film history. I don't advise watching it if you're trying to pass a Victorian literature exam, as the story is highly abridged. Uh, I'd like to get some abridged mix. Mm. It would just be like only the good flavors. No, no, no. You can't have that. That's cheating. Is it? Yeah. Okay. You have to have like a pot. You don't know what you're going to get when you get a handful. Yeah, Bridge Mix would be. Uh, but it was shot in a German expressionist cinematic style, so it's visually striking and has a tempestuous score by Bernard Herrmann of Psycho fame. Wow. Well, Sturm and Drang approach to uh, Rochester suits the genre, for, but for me, he just doesn't look the part. He also <laughs> performed radio plays based on the book, so maybe he uh, should have stopped there. Well, I, th- I, thought he made a, I thought he made a fine Rochester. Well, you can argue with him if he's still with us, which I'm sure he's not. <laughs> I will not argue with him. Why should I argue with him? He would probably agree with me that he was a fine Rochester. By the way, I'm loving Murderville on Netflix with Will Arnett as a homicide detective who gets a new partner each episode. I gotta see that. I haven't seen that yet. It's kind of fun watching the actors flailing. I know there's some improv in it. They ha- well, they don't have a script. Oh, that, then there's lots of improv in it. The 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 other actors have a script, but the 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 main like the guest actor. Doesn't? Has no idea what's going on. Fantastic. I'm in. <laughs> uh, the partners are guest stars who play themselves. Uh, they don't get a script. Fuck, I should read these letters in advance, huh? <laughs> you know, as soon as you said that, I went like, you know what? This is one of those things where dumb Ian is going to say a thing and go, you know, that color's blue. And the next thing will be like, it's blue. <laughs> they don't get a script and have to improvise as they collect evidence and interview subjects, uh, suspects. Uh, Kumail Nanjani is my favorite so far. You can tell he took the job of coming up with uh, comedy material on the fly seriously. Uh, as the audience, you can play along and see if you can solve the crime, given the same clues as the guest. Oh, damn right. So I'm going to see that. Uh, Louise, if you get a chance to see After Party, I think you might enjoy that as well. Uh, <laughs> Mick Elliott. Oh, Mick. It's not, it's not a party without Mick showing up. You're right. Hey, gents. Uh, I don't tend to yell at podcasts too much. I'm more likely to be heard laughing out loud, <laughs> usually while walking the dog and listening to you guys. That embarrasses your dog. Yeah, your, do, your dog's wondering what's going on. <laughs> Was it me? Did I, did, I, did I do something funny? I was just kind of just peeing. <laughs> Growing up in Australia climatizes you to warm winters to such an extent that everywhere else in the world seems positively arctic by comparison. So it's hard to imagine living anywhere else. But if I had to choose anywhere, yeah. Canada seems to share a sensibility of character and a love of vast outdoor spaces. Yeah. Uh, you just don't have to shake out your shoes as much. Uh, <laughs> England is imprinted on me from years of watching Doctor Who mm. and the goodies and listening to the Beatles. I would like to live there, but I'd be disappointed if there weren't Daleks chasing around the Fab Four <laughs> through the streets. Uh, I, God damn, that is, a, that is a good image. Anyway, Italy would be amazing. Uh, but I would expect everyone to be on Vespas and driving uh, tiny Fiats. Uh, New Zealand, which I visited many times, would be wonderful, but for the swarming orc armies. <laughs> well, I guess meat's back on the menu. That's a problem. Uh, in all, I think here's the thing about uh, living in Canada. If you come to Vancouver, we did Doctor Who, too. And quite frankly, I think the show went downhill when they stopped shooting it in Canada. Yeah, I've said it. Um, oh, wow. 
In all, I think the uh, dream of living in a different country is probably more romantic than reality, possibly due to our perceptions being mainly based on movies and books. And let me say this, the thing that you learn, wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> um, on your discussion yes. of The Goonies, which is one of those films which is deeply flawed, but which imprinted heavily on the VHS generation like me, I was 12 when it came out, and though all my friends were more into 80s shoot 'em up action movies with Stallone, Arnie, etc., there's a sense of chaotic whimsy and irreverence in The Goonies which continues to resonate. Yes, the cast all talk over each other, the special effects are dated, there are some jarringly 80s jokes, like when Corey Feldman translates for the Spanish housekeeper, telling her about where the family keeps their sex toys and torture devices. <clears throat> But it has a charm that has led uh, to uh, endless imitations ever since. See Stranger Things, etc. Yes. During the height of COVID, the cast did an anniversary script reading on Facebook Live for charity with Elizabeth Banks filling in for the mum, and it was a joy. <laughs> and I 100 agree about Spaceballs. I remember going to see it uh, with a friend when it came out. It, did he say 100% agree? Yes. Okay. And we were both uh, huge Star Wars fans and found it kind of, sort of, Funny, sometimes, <laughs> even at the age of 14, I can remember thinking how Mel Brooks had barely scratched the surface of the potential for satirizing Star Wars movies, and that the whole movie felt labored and cumbersome. They shot my hair, is the best joke. All right, very good. Uh, I'm not sure that Mel Brooks... Didn't has, make it that far. I'm not sure that Mel Brooks has been funny since High Anxiety. I saw yep. the producers on Broadway in 2004, found the humor so dated and wooden. Uh, I did like the... The re the movie version of the musical. I don't know. Maybe it was in a good mood. That's me. <laughs> uh, for me, the best Star Wars satire has to be the Robot Chicken Star Wars specials. The scene of George Lucas actually voiced by the re real George Lucas jumping on a tauntaun to escape over uh, overly enthusiastic fans is genius. I'm loving hearing about everyone uh, on the backwards sneaky dragon journey. Yeah. Though I uh, think you should officially refer to the practice as Nogard Yakins. Pronounced Nogard Ekins. Very good. That is all. <laughs> um, Edward Draganski responds, uh, Robot Chicken is wonderful, Mick. Seth Green knows the limits when it comes to his brand of satire, and that is a good thing. I agree. I think they do a great job uh, with Robot Chicken, though I think Family Guy uh, also a very nice job on the Star Wars with the little details. And yeah, I was going to say that's uh, also quite a good uh, parody of it. The girls saw that before they saw the actual <laughs> Star Wars. There was um there was a star an officially licensed Star Wars sketch comedy show that didn't really make it. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the heck it was called. Uh, but you can you can see it online and it's yeah it's all just jokey jokey Star Wars stuff. Um, and it's uh it's fine it's fine. <laughs> Edward continues. Before I dive in, thanks to Brent for the info on growing uh, yakon and enjoying them as a sweet alternative. I would uh, next decide on whether to build a root cellar or book the next flight to the Andes uh, for Andes. What the hell am I saying? Andes? <laughs> you got very, uh, in very search of some yakon. I'm trying to pronounce yakon right with the accent uh, there. Yakon. Uh, yakon. Uh, but seriously, I will search for some of these at my local Sprouts Produce store. That's the best place to start. Side note. I played rhythm guitar for the Jerusalem Artichokes in the late 80s, and we were spectacular. <laughs> there was many, many layers to that band. <laughs> I notice everyone is being so polite about yelling at you two during your podcast. I do it so much, it's like a sport. <laughs> Just kidding. It's all out of love. 
Just last night, I was listening in my car as Ian spoke about the late 70s Star Wars satire that was so common then. Before Ian could even mention it, I belted out, Richard Pryor! You've got to mention the Richard Pryor Cantina sketch! (laughs) It was like you heard me, Ian, seconds later, because you brought it up to David. I thought the Richard Pryor DVD set, I bought the Richard Pryor DVD set for my dad years ago. And did you know that sketch was the first sketch on his first show? Wow. wow. I didn't know that. His TV show literally starts with that, and it's so bizarrely thrown together on a set with all the rich Baker costumes from the first film. It's as if they got Pryor coked out of his mind and then <laughs> dropped onto this set with all these creatures and let him go. It's about as good as it gets from the era. I also love the custom neon sign we see at the beginning that simply says, Star Wars Bar. Yeah. A fact that they actually had it made for the sketch still kills me. Yeah, I showed it to a sketch to David uh, right afterwards on the show. What yeah. did you think? Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, it's, it, is, it does That's seem... That's the devil. Yeah, it does seem like he's just riffing. There must have been some kind of... Uh, some sort of like follow through or whatever, like kind of jokes that were kind of set but uh lots of it just feels like yeah. he's just kind of saying to the guy who's like the musician in the bar uh who is dressed differently than he is in the yeah. continue, like, you got some gunk in your eye yeah You're like that's just made <laughs> up that, you don't script that <laughs> and uh yeah. i love i love sentences to start this way and you're so right ian hmm. free enterprise <laughs> is also a very good satire for the star trek side of fandom uh, I had to buy that DVD to see it, and I was very pleased to see Shatner just chew up his scenes in it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's loving, it's funny, it's uh, right. They get it right, you know. It's uh, nice. And to be, though, uh, when I was watching it with uh, my wife, I think we just started dating. Uh, she knew much more about the references than I did, mm. and she she got it on a level that I didn't. Um, to be completely transparent, yeah. I've never left the states except for Nassau and the Bahamas. And I don't even think that counts as leaving the country. Uh, we went to Freeport. It was nice. Once when I was a kid. And my uh, parents had their uh, honeymoon in Nassau. So there's lots of uh, uh, pictures of Nassau around when I was a kid. And uh, it was it was said in uh, hushed tones. Uh, At that my, time, it was funky. Mm, uh, my wife has uh, traveled all over Europe uh, when she was in college and has a kind of wanderlust when it comes to moving abroad. Uh, if it comes to that, she's indecisive and changes her options depending on which travel show she's just seen. One week it was Japan, a month later it was Hungary, now it's Portugal. Oh, Portugal's really beautiful. Uh, I suggest to her that maybe we should just visit these places first and see if we can <laughs> like it there, because quite honestly, I've never been anywhere like that. Uh, my wife is a Texan that doesn't actually like Texas very much, oh. and the world is calling for her to go see it all. I might end up going to see Hungary. Uh, The gypsy blood in me is calling me home. Uh, About the uh, Playboy Mansion in Chicago. My dad wasn't fortunate enough to go there, but he did visit the famous Playboy Club on Walton Street in Chicago sometime in the (laughs) mid-60s. Dad took the Northwestern train into Chicago for work when we lived in the suburbs. If he didn't get on that train at me, uh, if he didn't get on that last train out, he'd have to call my mom to drive downtown to the Playboy Club and pick him up, which also meant uh, getting me out of bed as well. The story goes that Dad lost track of time at the club after work <laughs> that night and realized he had about 10 minutes to grab a taxi to get to the Northwestern Station before midnight. He ran through the station and made it to the train as it was already in motion heading out. Mom and I got to stay put in our beds, avoiding a sleepless night and or a divorce. <laughs> Playboy Club. Yep, where all the waitresses did the bunny dip. 
to serve the, to oh, serve okay. the drinks. Okay. You got to lean backwards because it's awkward. A little bit degrading, but it's the bunny dip. <laughs> you know, there you go. Um, Maybe boom. it was cute. Yeah. Yep. Why are you looking like that? There it was. I was watching. Um, they, want, they wanted was, tips too. I was watching that. Uh, I think it was the, the We Need to Talk About Bill Cosby uh, documentary, the mm-hmm. first bit. And they had Barbara Walters doing a segment for, I don't know, I don't know what the show was. But uh, I believe it was Hugh Downs was there, which makes me think it was 2020. It must be 2020, it, yeah. But it was like it was earlier than that. Oh, 1010. Uh, sure, there you go. Uh, and uh, and yeah, she was uh, she was there as a bunny and doing all the stuff. And then it was just like really creepy afterwards with like him going, "Hey, you look really good as a bunny. Now you're really good. Now you're really cute. You're really this." And you can tell she's like trying to get back on track and like trying not to be a, you know, not to be a jerk about it or make it a thing. Mm-hmm. But it was also. Okay, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. <laughs> but yeah, they were showing her how she had to do the bunny dip okay. and all this kind of stuff. Huh. Oh, you're a really cute bunny. All right. All right, you. Um, Crystal writes. Hello, Crystal. Hello, Crystal. Long indeed. Uh, another great show, guys. Happy belated birthday to Louise. Yay. <laughs> I find myself shouting out, hot water heater? Hot water heater? Do you mean a hot water heater? At this week's podcast. <laughs> While listening to Dave talk about his plumbing issues. Okay. I was thinking about the last time we had plumbing issues and I had to turn off the hot water heater because it was leaking. Mm. Tune in with me. uh, T-O-O-N. In with me. It's another phrase I find myself shouting at the podcast this week as I was finishing uh, up the episode with Dave and Jason. Sometimes the host of the Me TV cartoon show shares some interesting trivia. Okay. Such as the Popeye cartoon A Dream Walking became the inspiration for the Donkey Kong video game. Oh, that is interesting trivia. Hmm. Uh, I am content uh, to live where I live, but I do sometimes daydream about living in England. Hmm. Uh, my husband and I watch a lot of British programming, and we often talk about how Picture pic, pic, X... All right. <laughs> Mr. X? Here we go. I'm misdirecting, saying piss. Picturesque. picturesque. Yeah, picturesque. Holy cow. England looks. You're not wrong. <laughs> That's beautiful. Isn't? Lately, uh, I, I took speech training. Huh. Um, lately, uh, we've been watching a number of shows about the English uh, canal system, travels by narrowboat, mm. cruising the cut, and our latest fascination is Great Canal Journeys with Timothy West and his wife Prunella Scales. I think they are an adorable older couple, and I appreciate how open and honest they are about Prue's memory issues. I find it very relaxing to watch people putter up and down the canals as they film the landscapes and talk about history. Uh, somehow, I don't think uh, climbing in our fishing boat and filming up and down the Tennessee Ribbon River would be nearly as charming. I disagree. Have a great week. We will. But I want to see more about that Tennessee River thing. And now I want to know about this A Dream Walking thing. I'm writing that down. <laughs> that one, huh? Here's what I know about that uh, game. Uh, Mario was called Jumpman. And I know uh, they were just trying to think of a... A name for a dumb uh, ape. Yeah, like, that was strong. Donkey. Yeah. Donkey is what it is. Strong. It's strong. It's a donkey strong. strong. So, yeah. It's big oh, ape. no. I thought it was uh, stupid. Is that right? Oh, okay. It's, yeah. It's, oh, okay. It's stupid. He's up there and he's a dumb dumb. <laughs> okay. So, they called it Donkey and, of course, King Kong. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my grandma used to call my step-grandfather. You donkey. Right. Because of his penis size. I don't think that was it, but maybe I just that seems a detail too far, sir. Okay. Was she just a fan of Donkey Kong, maybe? <laughs> And by that, I mean penis? Yeah. <laughs> Look, Grandma. Often talked about them. Big fan. I really don't. Had a lot of pictures. I don't, I, I don't want A lot of framed uh, pictures around the house. I don't want this episode to like end with this. <laughs> well, we don't have to end because we have some emails. Thank God. 
Actually, we Get have us back on track, Dave. We have a comment from a, a previous episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this comment. It's okay. from my wife. Oh, nice. She's responding to Chris's theory. She actually says, ha ha. So she's actually saying, I was laughing. Ha ha. In response <laughs> to Chris's theory about the role of hot water when birth and babies. Okay. That is apparently pre- partly true. I understand, however, that it has more to do with preventing what was called childbed fever, which was the cause of the high rate of ma- maternal deaths back in the day. Interestingly, when midwives were used, there was a moderate amount of this, but when doctors started taking over, rates skyrocketed. Yeah. That's when they made the connection to infection, to put it poetically, since the doc was seeing more patients and bringing infection in. Right, okay. My mom worked as a midwife in the Fife and Kirkcaldy area of Scotland for a few years, but by that time, the rate of sepsis was better controlled due to more modern methods of hygiene and the use of antiseptics, etc., etc. Thank you, Lisa Williamson, for writing that in. Mm-hmm. I hope to see you in the future. <laughs> All right. Oh, let me just go back one second. Sure. All right, John Hel- Jan- John Hellbrooks, who said he wouldn't we wouldn't hear from him much over the next few weeks because he was very busy with uh, university doings or college doings. And some people would call him a liar, because he, uh, <laughs> but I would never call him a liar. I just say that he found he found some time to squeeze in an email to Sneaky Dragon. Uh, the subject is Shostakovich and questions of the week. Okay, he says hello, gentlemen. You can tell he doesn't know us very well. <laughs> Call this gentleman, get it? <laughs> not of elegant leisure. Those are different. That's different, different yes. Before I get to this week's questions, I have a few responses to Dave's musical comments to my letter from last week. Yes, Dave, Gal Costa is an absolutely amazing singer, and I loved the video that you recommended. I feel a deep dive into her music is forthcoming. Dave, you mentioned that you aren't familiar with Shostakovich, and I think that you would like his music. You would certainly be interested in his life. Since he was a paranoid artist in Stalin's Russia, I don't think you could be considered a paranoid living in Stalin's yeah, Russia. Much, yeah, good, good call. Since you like long pieces of music with slow builds, as I learned from a recent listening party in the course of the Backwards Dragon Project, trademark, you might appreciate the first movement of his seventh symphony, Leningrad. A few minutes into the movement, a melody is introduced that it seems almost banal but it is repeated over and over with different instrumentation until it reaches a maniacal climax. Some have interpreted this as a representation of the panzer divisions approaching Leningrad. The, symp- the, the symphony, and I did so well there, I got <laughs> maniacal and instrumentation, I but I got to... Uh, the symphony was premiered... Speak in my language. <laughs> it was premiered uh, during the siege of the city with some of the musicians on the verge of starvation. The score was smuggled out of Russia by intelligence agents. Was that really a good use of their time? I guess it was. We, we, we didn't have it. If we, if, it's possible that it would have been lost forever, so it, mm-hmm. it is a good use of their time. And Toscanini conducted the Western premiere shortly thereafter. As a result, Shostakovich was on the cover of Time magazine. Well, that's where I know him from, of course. If you want to listen to the symphony, there are several good recordings to choose from. My two favorites are Leonard Bernstein conducting the Chicago Symphony, and Nimi Gelbert conducting the Royal Scottish Natural, National Orchestra. Okay. I hope I read that right. He did send it a correction, which I've forgotten now because I, <laughs> I read it a few days ago. Uh, I, I might just go into it just to see if I, I made a mistake okay. there. Sorry. For another side of this music, try his 24 Preludes and Fugues for Piano, which are modeled on Bach's well-tempered clavier and are wonderfully meditative. 
There are excellent recordings by... Oh, this must be the Gelbert. I'm sorry. Let me go back. <laughs> Name Jarvi, which is obviously a Finnish guy. I am still listening to you, and I'm not running Niemi. out of the washroom while you're talking. Oh, yeah. Don't... Right. don't just sit there. Sit there and I'm listen sitting, to me. There. Continue to sit. Ian, what do you think of uh, what uh, John has to say so far? No response? All right. That's fine. For another side of his music, try his 24 preludes and fugues for piano, which are modeled on Bach's well-tempered clavier and are wonderfully meditative. There are excellent recordings by David Gelbert and Jenny Lin. If I lived in Vancouver, we could do a podcast where you play me an obscure long pop song and then I play you an unfamiliar classical piece. At least two or three listeners might enjoy that. Sorry, a little bit of dust went down my throat when I was talking about Vancouver. I didn't start to get a tear in my eye at the thought of my old hometown. Question number one. The last time I yelled something out loud at this podcast was this week. I yelled, what? When Dave expressed apparent distaste for Mozart. Mr. Dedrick, this is surprising for one who purports to love interesting musical structure. Mozart was a god of musical structure. Just consider that bit near the end of the Jupiter Symphony when all of the themes return at once, which have been building throughout the entire movement. Totally thrilling. Perhaps you've just heard the greatest hits that got overplayed, but Mozart was capable of transcendent sublimity and profundity. Try the D minor piano concerto, number 20, or the G minor symphony, number 40, or the climax of Don Giovanni, or the choral Ave Verum Corpus, three that minutes of heaven. Up stuff. This is all fake at this point. Or, she didn't, oh. say, or, she didn't say hard at this point, try the Requiem. Or the Grand Partita. Yeah, I don't know. I just find Mozart... Maybe it's just... Maybe I only know the frillier pieces that to me feel very much sort of weightless um, kind of... Uh, I don't know how to describe them. It's sort of... Yeah, just these, don't have a... Yeah, these very kind of almost lacy, yeah. very flimsy kind of things. And maybe maybe there's more to him and I have not heard that. In which case, I apologize to Mozart. To the, to the corpse of Mozart, I say, forgive me, Wolfgang. <laughs> of course you might listen to these and pull a mary and say okay john but give him a fair <laughs> shake it's a pretty good summary of a uh, listening party right there sorry for the diatribe but i get worked up about music no i love that i love that you get worked up that's fantastic i will once i get my records back i'm, I'm going to search through my um classical records because i had a whole bunch sitting in boxes on the floor and hopefully they're fine i'd hope they didn't get wrecked because i for many many years i've been collecting uh classical records from thrift stores and uh, the ones I love, let me just say, John, this, just to give you a sense of classical music that I love. I love Ives. I love, um, I love Raval, Debussy. I love Prokofiev, particularly, particularly his piano works. And then I also am a big fan of um, uh, Stravinsky. So I, I'm kind of in that, I kind of circle that little part of uh, early 20th century music. And more modern stuff, I, I'm a big fan of Philip Glass and... Uh, and uh, Reich as well. That's where I, Steve Reich, that's where I, that's where I kind of fall in all this. And I just the other day got a, is it Morton Goldman? Is that his name? Anyway, it's a long piano piece by him that I'm, I'm curious to hear here. So, um, uh, piano and, and strings. It was, um, it was done for the, um, oh, darn, I can't remember the name of the quartet now. A very popular string quartet that uh, do a lot of kind of challenging things. Anyway. Question two. If I were to live in another country, I think I would choose Italy. Beautiful landscapes, food, wine, opera, and soccer. These are a few of my favorite things. Oh, I'm supposed to sing that? 
These yeah. are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> well, I've gone on too long again. One backwards dragon nugget. I loved, <laughs> I loved all of the songs on the long song episode of Listening Party. And the only one I knew beforehand was Marky Moon. Kudos. Be well, Dave, Ian, and the entire sneaking community, John. Kudos would be a good name for a band. Who knows? It might be. P.S. Dave asked what was a two-day job candidate visit. In a future missive, I may describe the academic hiring process, which is unlike that of any other industry, but it would increase the current letter to about twice its current length. <laughs> so I'll hold off for some future opportunity. I am curious, John, so please, please enlighten us. Uh, and thank you for all your musical thoughts. I really appreciate that. I love, I love music too. So I think about it all the time and I listen to it a lot. There you go. Oh, I think there's one more, one more oh, okay. uh, email. Sorry. I got all relaxed. This is from, oh yeah, this is from Brent Tannehill. Brent Tannehill, he's got a nice letter. I like it lots of, I like a nice sweater. <laughs> hey, you'd better start doing it. So get her. These are a few of my favorite letters. It starts off with a boast. Oh, he says, on a hill, here comes a boast. <laughs> here comes a boast herd. <laughs> here in sunny Mexico, oh. where your podcasts are all in Spanish. Hola. El podcasto. There is nothing that is not an ice cream flavor. Ah. I just I just had a cup of bas- basil ice cream. Nice. Or basil. Is it basil? Both. Basil ice cream. And wrote down some of the strange fla- stranger flavors. Tamarind. Yeah. Corn. Yeah, I, I do like corn ice cream. Beet. I, I've, I'm okay with the beet ice cream, but you got to remember you ate it the day before. Otherwise, you go, I'm dying the next day when you look at your uh, business. <laughs> Which business? Uh, monkey business. Mm. Rose petals. Okay. Yeah. Cheese. So it depends on the cheese, obviously. This all is is like from this one restaurant that we used to go to Mm. that was a Filipino restaurant. They would have corn and they would have cheese and they would have beets uh, as their Mm -hmm. ice cream. And it was it was good. The corn especially is really good. Uh, Prickly pear. Okay. Avocado. Yeah. I mean, it's a very smooth taste. Yeah. I don't know. Tequila. Okay. Fair enough. That's what I just do. And then after you take a bite, then you go tequila. Uh, and of course, burned milk. Yuck, what? Yuck. When don't you go to a restaurant and find burned milk on the menu? That's a question I have right now. It seems like everywhere you go these days, always on the menu, burned milk. Sir, would you like some burned milk with your dinner? Other than North America, I've never traveled much. But a country that I'd like to visit, if not live there, is Botswana. Oh. In the number one ladies detective series, a short-lived TV show, and a never-ending run of books... It sounds like Botswana is a great place to live. Also, I think Scotland and Ireland would be great too. But they'll have to do something about their awful weather before I'd consider moving there. Keep on sneaking, Brent Tannehill, Winthrop, Washington, and Puerto Vallarta. I assume that you go to Puerto Vallarta to escape the miserable weather of Winthrop, Washington, because I can't imagine it's much different than uh Here's than the nice Ireland thing about Scotland. the weather is uh, it's going to be changing. Hey. Yeah, climate change, man. So don't worry about it. It's going to be more weather, lots of random weather. So, uh, uh, you know, spin great. the wheel, roll the dice. Aren't we? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Whoops. So um, 
Is that it for? Uh, that's it for. Okay. That's it for emails, everyone. Thank you for writing. I really appreciate emails because that gives me an opportunity to exercise my voice and mis- mispronounce words that you send. Right. Um, here was something, and maybe we've asked this before, but hey, we've asked a lot of questions. Um, what is uh, some? Okay, because uh, I was bringing up uh, the wonderful Baby? grand band as uh, something I didn't know okay. about, okay. even though it was in my country. <laughs> what is something in your neck of the woods that's a local thing? That no one else knows about, but they should know about. So what's, uh, you know, send a plug for something that's, uh, you know, like say maybe a local band that you, that you like or a uh, local comedian, local weird TV show, something local mm. that, you know, that maybe we could access, you know, yeah. a video yeah. or something. And they're like, hey, you haven't heard of this person. They're local. Uh, you should know about them. Something like that. I imagine that's harder nowadays, but in the past that was pretty regular that yeah. TV stations had at least a couple of things. Most, you know, most, most of us are like, have fond memories of like a local TV, like a children's TV host. Yeah. You know, for us, of course, it was JB Patches and who came up from, who was broadcast from Seattle, but was, you know, when I was a kid, that was just like the, the go-to morning show. I didn't even like the cartoons that he showed. Yeah. I just liked, cause they were pretty, I mean, uh, George of the Jungle is okay, uh, but it's not Griselda? great. Griselda? Was that like his partner? His, uh, Griselda was the, uh, his, his, um, no, Esmeralda. Esmeralda. Was the Raggedy Ann doll. Okay, well, who was the, uh, who was the fella who was, uh, you know, the He lady? was many things. He was the lady. He was, that was, that might have been Griselda. He was also the delivery person. Okay. Um, That's hard because you got to get out of that makeup real uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So now I'm taking a look. Because uh, you got me, got me interested. I don't think it's Griselda, though. That isn't. And he was also Boris S. Wart, the world's meanest man. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. you can see that these things impact you in, in big ways, you know. And I, I mentioned this in the show many years ago, but I, I, I was reading a book about the the kind of Boston scene in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And it kind of starts with talking about how Van Morrison worked up Astral Weeks uh, playing in the clubs around Boston. And, and it kind of goes from there. It just sort of builds up the things that were kind of happening. In, they're interesting in Boston. And one of the things that was interesting was this uh, local PBS show. Gertrude. Gertrude, thank you. Sorry, and what was the name of the uh, the delivery person? Uh, well, you were right about Esmeralda. Okay. There was there was Studley the bookworm. Okay. Uh, Ketchachan the animal man. Okay. Yeah. Animal, uh, yeah. Boris S. Ward is man. Yeah. Uh, uh, Leroy Frump, who's like an Ed Norton type character. Okay. Uh, Tiki Turkey. Uh, Grandpa TikTok. Yeah. Uh, well, Sw- Grandpa TikTok was the cl- was the clock. That's okay. right. Swami of Pastrami. Because in the, in the basement there was the the creatures that lived there, and they would go ooga chaka ooga. They would use that song, right, to be the to be the creatures that lived in the basement. Uh, the uh, JP's evil counterpart, PJ Scratches. <laughs> There's all, it's super clown as well. That's right, super clown. Uh, and yeah, Gertrude was uh, JP's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's just two guys doing the show, so pretty silly. Yeah, I, I, I I'm gonna can I do you a quick quiz? Sure, sure. Okay, quick quiz. See if you can guess like three of these. Okay. Uh, there was a, a Patches Pals daily checklist. Okay. That you were spo- These are things you were supposed to do uh, every day. Okay. So uh, can you guess like three of the things? Okay, brush you your sh- teeth. Brush your teeth is one of them. That's correct. Um, wash your hands. Wash your hands, face, neck, and ears, yes. Okay. And uh, make your bed. Nope, don't oh. have that one. <sighs> Sorry about that. Okay. Um, hmm. How about... Go outside and play. Nope. Oh. Nope. I thought physical activity would be important. So nope. no. I think I think they just back then 
they realize kids would be doing that. Yeah, again. you're right. They're going to do it no matter what. So what's remaining is mind mommy and daddy. Okay. Comb your hair. Oh. Drink your milk. Nice. Eat all your food. That right. one wouldn't be a thing now. Um, <laughs> share your toys. Yeah. Say your prayers. That wouldn't be a thing now. Uh, put your toys away and hang up your clothes. People, people still say their prayers. Yeah, but you wouldn't uh, as like a thing. You wouldn't advertise like, it on TV. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yes. Don't want to share your life with people. No. Um, uh, on the sh- so I'm just going to say people who okay. appeared on the show. Yeah. Uh, Debbie Reynolds, Danny Thomas. Yep. Colonel Sanders. Wow. Uh, Tiny Tim. Hmm. Steve Allen. Wow. Al Cap. Uh, oh, Harlan, Cap. Yeah. Uh, Harlem Globetrotters, Jack wow. Lane, and Jacques Cousteau. Jacques Cousteau? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's quite a cast. It's neat. I wonder why they'd go. Like, what'd be. The... Okay, we're going to put you on the show. It's pretty popular. Uh, the host reads the kids' names off an old television set for their birthdays. Uh, there's one actor who plays about seven different characters. Hmm. It's mostly improvised, there's no scripting. They just make it up as they go along, and they play some cartoons. Want to do that? Okay. And uh, and JP was mentioned uh, on an episode of The Simpsons, episode Radio Bart, as one of uh, Krusty the Clown's birthday buddies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Nice. That's good. Yeah. So I th- I, anyway, I was going to say, there was a show uh, from um, in, in Boston, and it was called, like, it had a weird name, like, Are You Ready, Mr. Wilson? Or something like that. It wasn't, that wasn't okay. quite it, but it had a name like that. And, and it was basically, like, this one guy, like, the one host, and they would, like, Go around and do interviews, but they're very involved in like the, in like the kind of the, the hip, you know, the hippie scene and stuff like that, that underground scene. And there was one episode where they, they filmed it so that it had to be watched on two televisions. Oh. And so things would cross from screen to screen if you watched it on two TVs. Okay. Yeah, it was crazy. It was amazing. Uh, I, I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, I'll look it up. I have, still have the book at home. So I'll look it up. Oh, I don't have the book at home. One day I'll have the book back at home. <laughs> I'll look it up. But it was very it was very interesting uh, read, actually. I, you know, you wouldn't go like, oh, I wonder what's going on in the Boston scene. That was a real happening time. But actually, it had quite a few interesting things. So they talk about that. They talk about Brad Morrison, you know, and, and some of the other bands that were uh, from that time period. They talk about the um, the Fort the Fort Hill community, which was like a cult okay. based around this harmonica player from a, a local jug band in Boston that created this uh, cult that's still today, still going on today. They have a, a lot of property. They own a lot of property across America, but and also in uh, Boston, they have like a they kind of control a neighborhood, hmm. the Fort, Fort Hill area, and they're a real real life cult. Okay, there we go. Um, so, do we have a second question, by the way? No. Uh, let me just think now. Um, okay. Question for this week. Well, Dave thinks of it. Here's how you get in contact. <laughs> oh, yeah, with that's us. a good idea. Yeah, you do. You that. go sneakydragon.com, go to our website, and uh, underneath each of our episodes there, you'll find a message board, and you can post uh, directly there. We also have access to every one of our previous shows, including Completely Beatles, Totally Tin Tin, uh, Fan Splainers, and now Horse Mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> you can also uh, go to Facebook, where uh, we are there as Sneaky Dragon, and you could uh, post on there, or go to Twitter, Sneaky underscore Dragon, or hey, Tumblr, uh, Sneaky Dragon.tumblr.com. Uh, or if you feel like emailing us, as some people do, it's the new thing that everyone's getting behind. Uh, sneaky D at Sneaky Dragon.com. That is Sneaky D at Sneaky Sneaky D at Sneaky Dragon.com. And our challenge to you this week is. Let's get one more million listens. Let's double that million listens by next week. <laughs> by next week. So it tell your friends. Only took us over ten years together, but we want to do it yep. in a week now. We're gonna we're gonna just uh, get the momentum going. Yeah. 
and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> I I got something. I, if you don't, have I got to. a question though. Oh, good. Thank you. Uh, this is a very personal question because I just got a new pair of glasses. You didn't notice. That's I okay. See. <laughs> Uh, no, I do. Nerd. <laughs> but uh, I got a question for listeners is, do you wear glasses? And when did you start wearing them? Yeah. And do people make passes? <laughs> At men who wear glasses? No. My experience. Hmm. Well, maybe they do and you can't see them. Got the wrong prescription. <laughs> That's a problem. Who knows? Okay. So, uh, do you have glasses? Do you wear glasses? Have you worn glasses? I used to wear glasses. Now I, now I do again. Uh, but I had some LASIK surgery. So that is me. I took a Valium, and then uh, the lasers came out, and they went, (laughs) and I went, what's that smell? Don't ask. And then uh, I could see. It was fine. Yeah. Good. My friend Roman uh, had had the same surgery, and uh, and then you get these giant Cyclops glasses that you put on, like just giant protective Mm -hmm. things. And uh, it was told by uh, his doctor, eye doctor, listen, whatever you do, don't get anything in your eye he's very delicate stage right now. yeah and he went home and uh, uh his roommate went heads up and threw a ball at his face and it just smashed his glasses to pieces just shattered and ah! he, was, he was fine oh well, it's fine he came and did the pub quiz with us the night that night that he had just got them is that right yeah and then he he somehow got something in his eye there as well <laughs> he was so upset <laughs> he was so upset it's funny. Uh, he was everyone. He was fine though. He was fine. It's just one of those things where the doctor just wants you to take, yeah. you know, normal precautions. But of course, when yeah. they make it more than it is, kind of like when they recommend like you know aspirin, they always lower the dose because I know people yeah. ignore all advice. It's like after I fell down, I hit my head. I was told don't do podcasts for at least uh, half a year. You know? <laughs> what's the uh, what's the herm? I said to the dolphin, right? And so uh, you know, I think things are just uh, magnolia, right? Okay, so anyway, uh, that brings our show to the end. And uh, thanks, Doug. It's been great doing the uh, show with you and uh, whatever that giant dog is next to you. You look very white. You're very pale. Why, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You racist. (laughs) I'm all white now. (laughs) See you next time. Bye, everyone. (laughs) 